Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you near-sighted scrap pile. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Are you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerd You tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth to get no such pleasure from us. Parental discretion is advised. Hi, this is Lisa Stevens, president of the Star Wars Official Fan Club, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Star Wars On Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinates mark the beam. It's pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars Underground for this edition of February 12th, 2006. Well, if I push the button, you know, to talk, it's going to go better. Yeah, seriously. I, I know. All kinds of insulting things I could say. Brian, I, I need not you do that tonight. Because I know how good you are. At that. Telling you all kinds of dirty things. Yeah, you know, bitching up and all that. Bitching you up and down? Yeah, so how you been doing, Brian? I mean... Okay, my my dear co-host for tonight, for only for tonight though. <laughs> what do you mean only for? <laughs> no, seriously. I'm your co-host for what? Like how many shows now? Seventy-five plus. Jeez, yes. it's crazy, man. Seventy-five great moments of joy we spent together. Great moments of joy. Somebody's been holding their orgasm for a long time, haven't Hi. you? I can see the tears welling up now. You guys need a moment. No, that's okay. <laughs> we want to share it with you from now on, Audrey, because you're oh. part of the theme as well. And, uh, of course, tonight is a subject that you've been waiting for a few weeks. We're going to be talking about the dark nest, but we're especially going to be talking with Troy Denning. Now, I promised Troy I'd, you know, keep a leash on you to keep, like, the hard questions from going in and all that, but I'll do what I can. I can't promise it. I'm, I'm sorry, because she's been through all of her questions, and they're really pretty much all hard. So, Troy, I, my best to you. You're going to need it. Hard. Brian, 
So, tell me, uh, can people contact us tonight, you know, because we're having Troy Denning on, and some people might have questions about uh, the Darkness trilogy or upcoming books or something like that. So, if you want to call us, send us your telephone number for any comments, studio.swindirect.com, or you can reach us by messenger at swindirect at hotmail.com. Um, you can also contact us by email. Mm-hmm. Just comments, studio.swindirect.com. You can get to our chat through our, main, through our main page, webcam as well. You can listen to us live, check out our blog, get to our Star Wars on Direct message board. All through main pages, which is www.swendirect.com. Okay? Alright, that's perfect. Of course, uh, we want to warn you that the sound card may crash tonight. Um, we never know what happens during these show because they're live, so of course it might be a little... Well, I know it's going to happen. We're going to have fun. Oh yeah, that's for sure. We're going to have tons and tons and tons of fun. And uh, we can only promise you that uh, it's going to be it's going to be incredible. And uh, there's pretty much nothing else I can say than that to it. Uh, so I guess you know we'll just go straight into what's been happening this week. And uh, thanks to Danny, we get you know little transition to go into that now. Let me put it out to you. Danny giving us a message that we leave creepy lives? Uh, I'm starting to guess so, but what can we do? I mean, I look at my life and it's pretty creepy, so I can... Yeah, I know, you are making some pretty creepy comments earlier. Mm-hmm. Don't touch my iPod. Well, just take it away from where it's interfering with my... Oh, oh, it is? ...recording. Sorry. <laughs> I was broadcasting FM there. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, I, I had an okay week... You had an okay week? Yeah. But you received a, a, a special visit by... Yes, it did. ...by someone from... Ilio came to see me yesterday during work at my place of of work. <laughs> While you were doing your... Work. work. <laughs> <laughs> I was being a cashier. So, of course, today's show is brought to you by the letter W and the word work. <laughs> for those of you who hadn't noticed. <laughs> and the number one for friend. <laughs> and, oh, there you go. That's good. That's good. Uh... Yes. Ouch. So. You mean? <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> Took a while. <laughs> yeah, it stings. Ah, stop rubbing it in. Did you see any good movie this week, Brian? No, I just watched Battlestar. Okay. Was it any good? Yeah, it was great. Because there's no more Atlantis. Oh, and Atlantis is done until July. So. <laughs> it'll be back. It will be back. Until then, you know what you can do? can watch DVDs of Firefly. Yeah. Or I, I'm starting Farscape. Or, or Farscape if you're into puppets. You know. Pardon me. But it's Jim Henson. Still. <laughs> it's Jim Henson though, man. Uh, I'm sorry. It's only Jim Henson. If you, if you tell me like it's Frank Oz, then I'd be like, okay. Dude, but Jim, Jim Henson, man. Jim Henson. It's Jim, Jim Henson, Henson was the shit. He's shit, okay. I, re- I remember the Muppet the Show. The Muppets? Oh, jeez. Yeah. I have it on, have it on uh, DVD for season. Oh, what I've been watching is Quantum Leap. Okay. Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. I got the first season for my birthday. It's, it's, it's a funny so show. It's a great show. It's a great show. It's I was just watching uh, Met- 
the fourth episode now, I guess. Okay. It's it's a lot of fun. I remember I used to watch it with my mom during lunch when I was in uh-huh. when I was in college because I could come home for lunch, and we'd watch that on space and then during lunch. Cool, it's good times. All right, I love me some squat back. He's so good looking. And Audrey. Well, uh, this week has been sort of a hellish week at work, so I'm not even going to get into it. Um, but apart from that, I've been leading the lonely life of actually watching a c- little bit of the Olympics. You've been you've I've been watching been on a little TV. Bit of the like one of the first times in a long time I've been watching TV. Cool. So, uh, and yeah. I haven't seen any of the Olympics. I just how did you like that watching TV a little bit? Watching TV, it's like a whole new experience. Oh my <laughs> god! It's like I've it's never like done this it's before. It's not interactive. I'm used to people talking back to me on a screen now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you're yelling at the screen and nothing happens. <laughs> it's just like, come on, you fool, make your turn. Move. No, actually, like I was watching a little bit of the hockey and well, the how did that team, end? Uh, the Canadian team like White. really poor Italy. <laughs> That's all I have to say, sixteen to zero. Ouch! Ouch. <laughs> we killed them. And then today, that I was hurts. watching part of the Russian game, and when uh, I. I finished uh, with that. The last score I saw was 7-0 for Canada. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember we were at work. Somebody said that... Because uh, we get the internet. So we checked the internet. Mm-hmm. And somebody checked that the Canadian girls were winning. And I didn't know they were one, uh, a 16-0. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's embarrassing for that the other team. That really has to hurt. <laughs> That's got like you're out of the tournament. I mean, like they didn't just win, but they like they annihilated them, <laughs> destroyed. Yeah, that's it. Oh. So, that's that's really hard. I've had a fairly lo- long week as well. I'm sorry it took so long to put up the uh, the announcement for the show because I promised I'd be like better at it this week. The, the well this year, and uh, I I'll, I'll get there as soon as I. You know, quit my job and get another one. Right, Brian? Yeah, how's that coming? I don't know. <laughs> I sent my CV a couple places, so... How's that working out? Well, maybe it's going to work out. I, I hope so, Sebastian. I, I'm still... So, so if anyone's hiring in the Montreal area... Yeah, please call me. he's a great, enthusiastic guy. Thank you. Hard-working. Thank you. Very dedicated to his job. Yes, he is. A little too much sometimes. Yeah, that's that's my problem, I must say. Oh, well... It's all part of my life, I guess, and uh, so is Star Wars on the Wrecked, and I just enjoy myself, and uh, today I was actually at this uh, wonderful concert, it's a vocal harmony concert, uh, a a friend of mine and Audrey's, and uh, it was great, and I was just thinking about the upcoming Star Wars concert this June by the OVMF here in Montreal, and it's a pre- pre- uh, it's a prequels concert, so I'm thinking about Battle of the Heroes, Jewel of the Fates. I'm guessing they're gonna need some voices, you know. So I hope they they find them. They have to. All right. So, on this note, I guess it's time to get all of the information we need from a week's work with Brian. Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. 
Welcome to the Miscellaneous News for this 12th of February 2006. So, Clone Wars Volume 2 has recently taken away the Best Animated TV Production in the 33rd Annual Annie Awards. So, um, congratulations to the whole Clone Wars Volume 2 team. Um, in video game news, we have the Empire at War podcast. The uh, PC Gamer Magazine has put out a podcast all about, um, you'll hear from, uh, you know, all about the game and the review. And you hear from uh, Chris Williams, producer of Empire at War, and the latest and the greatest, by far, um, apparently, the RTS. Uh, and there will be uh, your guide from LucasArts, Chris Baker. And you'll hear Eric uh, Benmeyer from the Imperial Death Star in the Lucas Digital Data Center. So, all of that information will be in the show notes at the end of the show, and also in the uh, web in the uh, blah, chat. So, moving on, um, Harrison Ford has a new movie coming out, of course. It's called uh, Firewall. And he was doing press for that this weekend. Uh, he was on the Daily Show, and all the, 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 the big, sh- you know, late night shows. And he was on Conan O'Brien, and uh, Conan said there was a question he always wanted to ask Ford, but had always resisted. Um, He went on to ask him if he remembered in 1978 when he filmed the Holiday Special. Ford looked kind of uneasy at the mention of the show. Conan then showed a clip from the special, and everyone had a laugh, and Ford just said, Thank you. That's so funny. See, I think I think Conan O'Brien has something like personal against Star Wars fans. No, I don't think he does. I think he's a Star Wars fan. And that is hel- I'm sorry, Sebastian, but you can't say that the holiday special is good redeeming in any way. So Conan O'Brien making fun of it, it's fine. It was horrible. Horrible. Horrible, horrible thing. And him making fun of it, it's fine. That that's okay. It's not that's it's the accumulation of making fun oh, of Oh shut up, I'm sorry, I'm still You're still off me the meat food people. Don't put blood. just don't put that dug in my face. Yeah, yeah. Because you moving on. Okay. The new essential guide to alien species, uh, alien species is coming up. It is slated for October 31st, and the art will be by uh, Chris Trevis and a newcomer to the Star Wars art scene, William O'Connor. The authors will be the veteran Anne Margaret Lewis and Helen Keir. Keir. Did my best. That's good. So that'll be coming out on Halloween later this year. Also, uh, Phil Brown, the actor who played Uncle Owen in A New Hope, passed away this last week at the age of 89. Well, rest in oh peace, man. Phil. You know what? This guy was a great guy, and I want to thank, again, Ace Lopez for bringing him to Montreal back in 1999, because it got me the, uh, the chance to meet him, and I'm really, really, really happy about that. Yep. So you can go check out it. He was... Uh, all his stuff on IMDb. He was, did you know he was in the Battlestar Second Coming uh, trailer that uh, Richard Hatch did to try and relaunch the series? Very interesting. I'm trying to get my hands on that. Apparently it's very hard to come by. 
Also, in more video games news, can thank you, Castro, for all your video games news stuff. Um, LucasArts has officially announced that Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, will be coming out. Um, is the sequel to the uh, wildly popular Star Wars Lego game from last year. And it will be released uh, later this fall on PS2, PSP, Xbox, game systems, it doesn't say 360 or regular, uh, GameCube, DS, and uh, Game Boy Advance, and Windows. Probably OS X eventually as well, because LEGO is the first one came to uh, the Mac platform later on. Uh, WonderCon has wrapped up. No, it's mine. I saw it first. It's mine, it's Community. No, dude, that's, that's community. me. I always it's take commu- that. No, I always, I'm gonna I hit always. You. I'm going to hit Fuck you. you. I was on the I'll internet this you. afternoon, and I found I'm it hit first. You. I'm going to hit you. Fuck you. People will hear it. I was doing my no... Ow! <laughs> I was, I'm still doing it. I need popcorn. This is so entertaining. <laughs> I'm doing it. I, it was my news. I found it. Okay, fine. Do it. Good. It's community. Still. I'm doing it last, though. I'm going to skip it now. Okay, fine. No. No, I'm going to do it. So, just WonderCon was this weekend. Yeah. And and, and, and we weren't there. Yeah, well. Because you couldn't, like, board a car and drive us there. And Audrey was working. Do you know where it was? San Francisco. Okay, that's a two-week drive. So what? <laughs> Steve Sansweet was, uh, did a presentation for Lucasfilm. All right. And uh, apparently he uh, announced that Sony has no plans to release the full scores from the CDs of Attack of Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Because the Phantom Menace sales were pretty bad. Um, the live-action TV series will be based around... Drumroll, please. The original trilogy. Yay. Woo-hoo. So no more between three and four. It's going to be during the original trilogy. So maybe we're going to see a little bit of characters. like Biggs or something like that. I want to see a little cool. bit of Mara as the Emperor's hand. Oh, that'd be cool. That would rock. And see a little bit of background Thrawn, bring some of the EU into it. And and you know what? Just Thrawn. just just to refer to <laughs> some. Oh yes, Baron Fell. Yes. Just to refer to some out out uh, out of the air, well, of the air fun we were having earlier. I hope it's uh, Allison. What's her What's her last name again? The the girl who played Michelle in American Pie. Oh, uh, I who don't plays know the Mara. actress's name? So why? Well, she's a redhead. I'd see her. So no. Yeah, but I can't she's see this girl saying, enough. this one time at lightsaber camp. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And, and the news we were fighting over is uh, Celebration is still under consideration, but no official announcement has been met. Made. Or ready to be made. Mm. But you know yep. what that means? I heard on the boards on the JC that apparently he's since we said the same convention that we'll have news by the end of the month. Now that means nothing because he said that that we'd have news <laughs> by the thirty first. Yeah. You, you know what I'll what I'll go with? I'll go with the second part of the interview that Arnie and Marjorie did with him and that in the f- next four to six months we're gonna have something. <laughs> four to six months. I think it's pretty much a little bit more hopeful. Because seriously, I, I don't expect like I was reading I was thinking about it and there's like they have to make deals with the hotels they have to make deals with the convention centers they have to make deals with everybody that's gonna be there 
even if they've chosen who's going to organize a convention with them, and it's probably going to be Gen Con. I know some people won't like it, but I liked what Gen Con did. You know, their mistake that always happened, and... Hey, they learn from their mistakes and exactly. it'll be better the next time around. Shit happens, who are you going to call? You finally come um, around. They'll be more prepared next time, so what are you going to do? Anyway... I'm now where uh, I think we'll hear, you know, by June we'll, we'll have a date, you know, a city, maybe more information, pre-registration and details, that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm anxious. Hannigan. Hallison Hannigan. Oh, there you go. Yeah. She was on Buffy. <laughs> yep. She said Buffy. What? Who cares about American Pie? It's all about Buffy. <laughs> um, Sebastian, you're going to be interested by this news. What? Star Wars, the official fan club, is holding a contest. Oh. A recruiting contest. Oh. Yes. In the spirit of the official fan club, Star Wars, uh, they're going to be recruiting... um, Members are going to be recruiting uh, other potential members into the fan club. And if they meet a certain number and, you know, they, they get entered in the contest, the grand prize is become the next Star Wars fan club president. For one year. For one year. And you get an expense paid trip to San Diego Comic Con International in 2006. You get a become a guest editor position for the Star Wars Insider magazine. You get your personal profile printed in Star Wars Insider magazine. You get VIP status on StarWars.com. And you get a Star Wars collectible gift package and more. I can see Sebastian's glazed eyes and like at the, is what is that drool coming out <laughs> of the corners of your mouth? Oh. <laughs> so even if you don't win, you still win. Recruit five or more new hyperspace insider subscribers, and you'll receive an exclusive Lucasfilm designed limited edition bounty hunter themed T-shirt as walking proof. You know how to bring in your bounty. Okay, people, you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go register to hyperspace. No, no, <laughs> no, no, hold on, not yet. Oh, okay, you, okay. You don't know all the details. Damn. So <sighs> the contest kicks off on February fifteenth, two thousand six, and ends on February four. Uh, sorry, not that April fourteenth. So to s- so start recruiting today. Must be current and paid member of hyperspace, uh, or hyperspace the official. Star Wars Wars fan club to earn referrals. The contest runs through you know the two to fifteenth to the four to fourteenth. Only referrals earned between the those two days will count towards contest totals. Check back here on February fifteenth for contest rules. Now, Sebastian, I don't currently have a membership. How about you get yourself one? Sebastian, I'm throwing myself behind you. So, how much I do you will want? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm going to pay for it myself. <sighs> I'm going to pay for it myself, and I'll give you my referral. And you're going to give me your referral? Yep. And I want everyone that listens to the show that isn't part, and that's thinking about it, to throw their support behind Sebastian. Because look at everything. Look, Think of the amazing information we could gain ear, if we got like an ear inside Lucasfilm through Sebastian. Sebastian's a nice guy. He knows how to schmooze and meet people, and, and he's an excellent choice to become the president. So I think we should start a campaign behind Shaba- Sebastian to become the next fan club president. That, that's really nice, Brian. He's buttering you up. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm really not. 
and I, I really appreciate all those nice words, but there are two things that we got to keep in mind right now. You live in Quebec? No. <laughs> you probably won't be eligible for the contest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go through the rules, and if that's in there, I swear to God, I'm going to fucking shout out at the next show. But here's the two things. First of all, if they need a new president, it's because Lisa Stevens is... No, especially, I think it's going to be a figurehead. I think it's going to be a figurehead. And uh, I think it's me purely okay. figurative. I think you're. It's just gonna be a contest. You'll be president, but you know, this will be CEO <laughs> or yeah, something okay. like that. Well, yeah, like I'm, I'm you still won't be able to do whatever you want. I'm still worried about Lisa's position. And the other thing is that if all those nice people believe like you do that I'm a great guy, I'd be a great president for the Star Wars fan club, and I. Bringing so much into the fan club and with great ideas and events, and I'd make sure to you know go around the entire North America and probably even Eurasia and all that to you know promote the fan club around with the means of Lucasfilm helping me out, of course. He's driven big, isn't he? Like you can tell, he's like he keeps talking, like he's he's really building himself up at this point. The the main problem I see with that is that. I would sadly have to surrender Sith Clan and Star Wars on Direct, and I couldn't be affiliated with you guys anymore. Okay. And I'm not sure that's what I want. Well, it'd be a temporary leave of absence. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's not what I want. And we could have you on weekly call in. It's like, so what's what's happening with the fan club this week? Well, I I don't really. It's not a job. It's not a job, Sebastian. It's just a title. It's just a title, and it's like you get a little prize. They're not going to start paying you. Well, there's this is not a job opportunity thing. No, it's not. No. You think it could become one? No. It, maybe. No. Maybe. Uh, may- maybe. May- no, you're right. It <laughs> could become one, maybe. But what I'm saying is that this is not as big as you think it is. Okay. So it's it's not a job. It's not like hey, win this if you get enough referrals. Because anybody with enough money could just you know. Buy themselves or buy themselves the presidency. That's it. With like a million dollars, you could win it. You could buy yourself a job. But I don't think it really works like that. Well, you know what? I think what the hell if it's like not a job and it doesn't force me to quit this show and Sut Clan's administration. But then again, you know it's all for the good of the, f- of the fan club, and I really appreciate Star Wars fans, and I want the the goodness of Star Wars fan club to actually spread around the world a little bit more. So. Folks, if you're listening into the show, and that you you would enjoy myself as a CEO, somewhat-ish president of Star Wars fan club, for a figurehead, you're gonna yes. be on the dollar, you're gonna be on the money. That that if you want m- my face on your fan club money, just, just just go register to hyperspace and refer real me as your. Uh, well, let's see how it works first. I mean, yeah, but we'll come back next week with more details, and you know, Cause we're gonna have to launch a major campaign. Oh yeah. We'll use the the picture that Nick put on your T-shirt at Christmas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, no. See that that picture has to come out after, after. the campaign. See, <laughs> Don't want to when when off. I'm when I'm actually <laughs> in when the I've position. When, I, when I'm in the position, that's when I reveal my true self, true my true lordship. <laughs> mm. This doesn't sound too good. <laughs> <laughs> now suddenly Brian's. Now I'm not too sure anymore. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm sure Sebastian would make a great leader. And okay. dictator. <coughs> so, um... See, that he's right there. I would make a great dictator. Oh if yeah. you do it my way, there's going to be no problem. If you well, don't... there be no problems. 
I might send a few troopers. Like, for you. <laughs> Execute Order 16? Oh, of course. I wore that t-shirt the other day. It's a nice t-shirt. Oh, thank you, Danny, again. We have got to get a t-shirt with a male Jedi logo. <laughs> yes! Oh! <laughs> I'm feeling left out here now. So, guys. So, so, so we need, oh, we no, need no, a no, Kip we t-shirt? We need a Kip t-shirt, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I have an idea. We'll discuss it during the break. That's, right. that's good, that's good. <laughs> so, um, with Troy. <laughs> do you guys remember... I s- <laughs> Shut up, I'm trying to talk. <laughs> hey, Troy, can we put your face on our t-shirt? <laughs> so, Sebastian... Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember the Star Wars, uh, well, kind of fan film, Fanboys? Yeah. It was uh, announced recently. They were looking for actors and money mm-hmm. and stuff. So they've uh, signed on Veronica Mars, Kristen Bell, main actor from uh, Veronica Mars, and they have um, Chris Marquette and Sam Huntington as well. They also have Montreal's own Jay Baruchel signed to be on the cast and crew. So, of course, um, the story is basically, it's a road comedy drama, coming of age kind of story for Midwestern friends, all Star Wars fanboys, have the ultimate goal. They, um, one of their friends is dying um, and will not make it to see The Phantom Menace before it comes out. It takes place, obviously, in 1999. And they go on a road trip to go to the Lucasfilm Ranch to um, you know, see the movie, make have their friends see the movie before he dies, and uh, it's all about that. It's being produced by Kevin Spacey and his his uh, his production company, which is Trigger Street, um, for the Weinstein uh, company, Weinstein Company, which is the uh, guys who used to run Miramax but then split with Disney, and have made their own production company. Um, this Tuesday, well, that's 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 nice. Yeah, I didn't know Spacey was into Star Wars. I love Kevin. I love Kevin Spacey. I didn't know either, but it could, it could be just his production company. So, um, we've heard about this rec- before. The Star Wars comic companion came out this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I ran to uh, my local comic book store, which is across town, unfortunately, since the, all the other ones are shit around my house. Or unfindable, for some fucked up reason. Anyway, I went to Millennium. Okay. And I picked up uh, the comic companion. It is so nice. It's it's kind of like a white spine, which makes contrast with all my other Star Wars books, which are always black spines. That's gonna be nice. And it's great. There's like it's the whole description. It gives you the the script, the art, the colors, the lettering, the sh- and it's such a nice book. There's a bunch of uh, there's always lots of like. Uh, Images, frames from the, and the references, yeah. and it's great. And there's like there's little like continuity notes, so you can follow the story. And like there's one here that says, you know, Luke Skywalker is promoted to commander in this volume, and blah 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 blah. And uh, there's the, it even goes over the mangas. So when, when you're watching Empire Strikes Back, you know why he's, he's a commander. He's a commander. And also there's 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 little bits on the mangas. There's little bits on the uh, the Marvel comic books. There's little bits on the infinities as well. There's some the tales. There's every everything about the comics is in here. Uh, it's a great, great, great companion to the books. And um, since I have not read many, if any, of the comic books, I'm I can't wait to get into this and check it out. It's a much more expanded look into the comic book world as the as compared to the chronology. Um, so. It'll be awesome. 
to get into this. I'll uh, talk about it on a later show. It's only, I think it was, it's 19.95, so uh, Millennium, they sell it to you for the U.S. price. Yeah, very, 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 very good price. $25 with the tax and all that bullshit. It's a very, very nice book, people, if you're into comic books. and that you Even don't if have you're not, it's, I'm not really into it, and I picked it up because I knew I wanted to you know, figure out what happens in the comic books, and it's the perfect way to get into it. And you get some like awesome visuals as well there. So Beautiful, beautiful art. My favorite is one of um, Grievous slicing a Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's uh, on right page... There. 54. 54. And he's, he's basically sliced a Jedi... Or like sliced a piece out of a Jedi, and he's like gonna like cut him in half yeah. with like a few uh, inches in between, so there's like a chunk. Oh, it's just a great, great piece of art. So, but you were saying that uh, it's kind of disappointing what they have on the Old Republic. Yeah, the Old Republic stuff not as expensive as, as it could be. The chronology, like the chronology, yeah. has a lot more stuff than that. Well, that's why you got to pick them both. Yeah, that that's why I have both. I have pretty much most of the Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. Companion books. The guides I like to keep. Um, yeah. So, um, also, oh, this weekend was a busy weekend. You realize that, Sebastian? It was an incredible weekend. There was also Toy Fair. Now, I'm going to do my little bit of collecting. Okay. I'll let other people talk about collecting. So, um, miniatures... We have confirmed a Jaina Solo Woo-hoo. for Audrey. Um, Cornhorn's already been confirmed. We have Darth Maul shirtless has been confirmed. We have a Darth Nihilus from the um, the Knights of the Republic books. Um, we also have a new like Luke Skywalker Jedi that's going to come out. And um, also from the Bounty Hunters, the huges will be between 6 and 13 centimeters. So that's like a half what is that? Uh, half a foot to a foot tall, about? 30 centimeters yep. is a foot. Oh. So it's, it's Just a under quarter from a foot. Yeah, yeah five a quarter inches. five inches. Um, there will be the crab droid from the from Revenge of the Sith from Utapau. Will there be uh, the minstrel shadow warrior from the outbound flight storyline? So the two books at either ends of the time period. Um, Chewbacca with a damaged C-3PO, and that will be released for 2006. We also have the booster, a booster picture, and which is available on Sith Clan, of the Champions of the Force booster set. So you can go check that out. I'm going to put a link in the um, in the chat to go check out that picture. I run over on Star Wars. Oh, sorry, over on uh, SithClan.net. You don't really need to read the image. You don't really yeah. read the text. Just check out the picture if you can't read French. I just. Obviously enough, I know exactly where those pictures are coming from. (laughs) It's from Toy Fair. Yay. And that's it for the miscellaneous news. Alright then, so straight into Audrey and her wonderful FanWorks news. What? An angel? I heard the deep space pilots talk about They're the most beautiful creatures in the universe. If you will return to the dark side, all right, so for fan audio this week, we have uh, Joe, Joe Harrison of EU2 Audio Core has now released a trailer for Conquest of the Empire Chapter 3, Perseverance and Purpose, due to be released later this month. You can check it out for a limited time on the Conquest of the Empire page at FanWorks. 
Star Wars and Beyond returned again this week with Swab number 13. This was the first episode to feature a new co-host, Brian Patrick Doyle. Ron- Ronnie Zone Radio returned again this week with Ronnie Zone Radio Special Edition number 5, Ready. featuring an interview with Toronto Christian Radio st- show host Drew Marshall. Fans of the Matthew Smith's Lost Cause series which began with There's No Hope and is currently amid releases for the sequel There's Still No Hope, we'll be happy to know that the series will indeed be a trilogy. The third installment, Darth Vapor and the Fabulous Dead Star, has been completed and is slated to be released in installments once There's Still No Hope ends. There's Still No Hope should have two more parts released this month, and it should then conclude in March. Fans of Star Wars FM that have not yet downloaded their Batman Forever film commentary should do so as soon as possible, as it will be removed from circulation March 1st. If you need to complete your collection of Star Wars FM, do it now by downloading it while you still can. The team has also begun discussing upcoming episode topics in their thread on FanWorks board over at thegalacticsenate.com for those interested in a glimpse at the show's future. Mm, that's it this week. <laughs> All right. We also want to mention that um, our friend Nathan from uh, Star Wars Fanworks has put up two chapters as a preview of his uh, podcast novel that he's going to be starting releasing uh, this March, I believe. Uh, it's coming out this spring. So uh, check out StarWarsFanworks.com to uh, check out these uh, wonderful little episodes of his podcast novel. StarWarsFanworks.com the home of Star Wars Fan Audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars Fan Audio Genre News, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an Internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Back to Star Wars on Direct, voice of Star Wars fandom for the collecting news segment with Arnie of Star Wars Action News and maybe Marjorie somewhere in the background as well because this weekend they were they were in Dallas and uh, they they went as, they went there to go see our friend Tony Daniels and uh, Arnie, what's uh, how was the convention this this weekend? It was okay. <laughs> it was like actually not so much a convention as it was just a fan day. Okay. And there wasn't any entertainment. It was there were some booths selling things at eBay or above prices for the most part. And there was Anthony Daniels and a couple other people signing autographs. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there wasn't much going on. We were pretty much done with the convention in about an hour, hour and a half. But we enjoyed the rest of the day talking with our Star Wars Action News listeners and our new friends at Watergraphs. All right. So you still had a little bit of fun. 
yes, it was a very, very fun trip. The con itself, uh, it just, it, it was put together because Anthony Daniels was down there already doing the Star Wars concerts in Dallas. And since he was in town, they decided to throw something together, but it wasn't a full-fledged con. It was, it wasn't too packed, but a lot of people were spending money at the vendors. I think the vendors did very well, and I know Anthony Daniels was busy signing from 11 a.m. till 6 p.m. without a break. So if you <laughs> figure he did an autograph every two minutes, he took down quite a lot of money at $25 a head. There you go. All right. Well, we're going to go straight into the collecting news. And uh, I'm going to start start off by like saying I heard some rumors about some new spud action com- coming coming to the Star Wars universe. No, I don't deal with rumors. And Well, I heard something about an R2 potato. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's not a rumor, it's a fact. It's uh, the lamest of the Mr. Potato Head Star Wars series. It's uh, smaller than the other two, as the R2 unit should be. And it's basically some square panels just put right on the potato. Okay. So he, he does come with a mustache, so that, that's the plus. And he's got the R2 arm, but it sticks out of his head, and from the wrong angle in the, some of the premiere photographs, it looks like a straw, like he's just a 7-Eleven cup. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it, it, it's a mistake, but the best thing about it is it comes with that Princess Leia potato hologram, and it makes me wish they'd just done, uh, you know, Potato Leia or something. <laughs> if you're into potatoes, I guess. So, you could do the cinnamon buns on the head, and do the lipstick and do the white cape and maybe, you know, you, you, oh, yeah. you could do that or have a, if, since it's interchangeable, maybe you have a change into a slave potato costume. You know, use your imagination there. Well, hey. Leia, Leia has one of the, well, second most amount of wardro- wardrobe changes, so it'd be good to have her as uh, a potato. And you could change Princess her clothes all the time. Head, so there's no reason you couldn't do a Princess Leia potato. But, but you've heard Carrie Fisher's response to the... Uh, to the shampoo bottle, Princess Leia, oh, where yeah, you can twist her neck off. Lucas's AFI report, as well as many, many other times about how Freudian it is that you popped off her head and poured out the liquid. Yeah, that's it. But just imagine, you know, if she had that reaction about shampoo, Miss like Potato Leia, ugh. oh, she's gonna go on a, on a rampage here or something. <laughs> it depends on if she's on or off her meds, right? Oh, <laughs> oh that hurts. <laughs> All right. Well, what's in the wonderful uh, world of collecting uh, this week? Toy Fair, Toy Fair, Toy Fair. Toy Fair is being held in New York this weekend, and there is plenty of news coming out of it, just pouring out every single day. If you go to Jedi Temple Archives, there is a ton of photos up already. They have gotten great pictures of the Hasbro booth. There are the new Transformers. You get to see the Jango Fed Transformer, which... Because it's not a person, it actually looks a little bit like who it's supposed to be, although very barrel-chested. And you've got the, uh, they've got pictures of the George Lucas Stormtrooper figure. And I was surprised. I really expected them to reuse the George Sekul head, but they painted it darker, and it looks like Lucas did back in the 70s instead of how he looks today. And it's a very good likeness there. Um, it looks like the tactics are still coming. I really don't know of I don't have one person who actually buys the tactics, but there must be tons because these things are coming out fast and furious. They've got the uh, Jabba tactics, who if they listen to my podcast, looks a little bit like an inflatable sex doll. Um, it kind of does. Uh, 
<laughs> Does he whip his tail or something? Is that his weapon? No, his, he, he has, and I, I take this right off the box, ball-firing action. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's bad. And it's got a big, gaping, round mouth. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't make this stuff up, guys. So he shoots little red balls out of his They're mouth? White balls, actually. They're white balls? Okay, good. Yes. Good thing, out because... Out of his gaping little mouth. Uh, you know, you had a letter strapped to that, and there you go. <laughs> uh. So there's a lot of new stuff coming out. You got to see some of the VOTC figures. Yoda's News broke the new five VOTC figures. I'm actually unimpressed with these five figures. They're so heavy on the soft goods that they just don't look good at all. The Sand Trooper's cloak is horribly bulky. The Sand Trooper could never take down Luke on Tatooine like that. They must have been wearing that soft goods cloak when Anakin attacked, and that's why he wiped them all out, because they just couldn't move in the things. <laughs> they look like a little kid from uh, a Christmas story who can't even put his arms down. Jeez. One I really didn't like was the Luke one. That's horrible, too. The soft... The, the, Luke, the Luke, Luke one... one's not that great, but... It doesn't look like Mark I'm Hamill. I'm at least happy about the chin strap on the helmet. He doesn't look like Mark Hamill. Do they ever? Well, sometimes they look a little bit closer. Uh, well, the one I'm really disappointed in was the one that I was initially most excited about was the Biker Scout. He looks pudgy. He, he, he's overweight. Yeah. What are cool is the extendable uh, lightsabers. I'm interested That's to see how that works very out. nifty. The spring-loaded lightsabers. It's about time they got to that. Yeah. You know, with the wrist action you had to have to extend the previous ones, it's really a step forward. And I'm surprised that they did that step because while the lightsabers have been a constant seller for Hasbro, they haven't put a lot of R&D into it. They just keep re-releasing the same molds and the same colors in new packaging. Yeah. The fact that they've upped the stakes there is really meaning that they're responding to what's selling. That's good. Um, how did you feel about the miniatures? There's like nothing. You got the boxes. That's it. The boxes look cool, though. <laughs> they always looked cool, so it's not really that big of a deal for me at least. It's just the box. I, I don't want to know what the box is. I want to get inside the box. It, it is a bit disappointing that they didn't reveal more and you wonder why they didn't. And I'm thinking it's because they've, they've shown so much at this point. I wonder when the next is actually going to be prepared for showing. Maybe they just couldn't get it ready by the time it's Toy Fair. There's still San Diego Comic-Con this summer, and that's another big time for release information, especially when it comes to RPGs and miniatures. Well, the miniatures is set to come out originally in April, and now it's been pushed back mysteriously till June. So, I don't know. Well, the one thing you have to look at is they've canceled the RPG, and as far as I know, the TCG is either dead or on death's door. They're not going to abandon the miniatures game. It's very popular. Tons of people buy them, either to collect or to play. It, but Wizards of the Coast is, is They're known for pushing back releases Especially with the TCG They did the same thing They push things back But I think that when they push it back It's always it, to produce a better product They're not like Microsoft Who's going to rush a product out the door Before it's ready Wizards of the Coast would rather wait Until they have a really good product To give to you That's at least good so that's, that's pretty much it I'm sure there's going to be A lot more news coming out I haven't yet to find out About 
what Master Replicas and Gentle Giant and Sideshow are all showing off at Toy Fair, but should be finding out in the next few days, and then I can report it to you all next week. I hope there's some more. Texas, I called y'all (laughs) y'all. And uh, I actually went to uh, Yoda's News and I put up some uh, some some of the Toy Fair f- uh, pics on the uh, chat room, so people can take a look at that George Lucas action figure. And I gotta say, you're right; it's uh, George Lucas in the '70s, but it, it actually looks good. I'd rather have I'd rather have that kind of uh, of head on the York Circle figure than the one we had, which is really controversial because a lot of people say there's two different variations, but there's actually three. And I actually you know, I've heard you say that I, when I was listening to the archives. I, yeah. I, I gotta disagree. I think there's just the two. No, but I, I actually held all three different variations in my hand, and I showed them to collectors, and they all agreed that there are three variations. There's pepper, white, and black. Is there multiples of that third variation, though? Because if if you have one, it's a paint error. If you have a hundred, it's a variation. Oh no! It's the, 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 there definitely was a hundred and more of them, uh, but I only got my hand on one, and sadly enough, I sold it to someone. <laughs> so I only have right now the pepper and white in my possession. See, I have the, I have gray, and I have white. I yeah. do not have the salt and pepper. No, no, you don't have the salt and pepper. I think I'll take oh. a picture of the salt and pepper and I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, send that to me because I, I've heard about it, but I've never actually seen a photo of it anywhere. I checked eBay and everything and could not find that. So send that picture over. I'll be happy to take a look at it and then we can let other people know. Because when I read the variations, I only see uh, basically light gray and dark gray, pretty mm-hmm. much, or gray and white. Yeah, but what I th- I got one that's perfect pepper and I'm really really thrilled about it. Very so. cool, very cool. That's probably worth a good penny. Oh yeah. Well, most people don't will won't actually believe it's actually like an actual pepper pepper. But hey, you'll you'll be the judge of that, and you'll tell us next week. <laughs> yeah, you guys are Canadians, so it's actually not worth a penny; it's worth a loony, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's still a pennies. Well, <laughs> shut up! It's loony. We're, we're winning on this. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> All right. Well, thank uh, you. Th- talk th- to you next week. Yeah, talk to you next week. Sorry. Bye. Sorry. Did I screw up your gambling ring? (laughs) Yeah, you did. It's just like, you know, Star Wars in French and Star Wars in English. In English, they get 17,000. 5,000 now, 12 more when they get to Alderaan. In French, it's 22,000. 7,000 now, plus 15 when they get to Alderaan. (laughs) So, they even went with the conversion there, you know? (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) That's because of Franks back in the day. Yep. Alright, well, thank you very much to Arnie and Marjorie for uh, coming on the show for this uh, wonderful collecting news, and now we'll move on to the community update. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. We're the hosts of Star Wars Action News, Star Wars Collecting Podcast, and you are listening to Star Wars Undirect. And this week in the wonderful world of Star Wars, well, there's a lot of things that is happening. Uh, Brian actually went over the WonderCon wrap-up, so thank you very much for like stripping me of that news. You're welcome. You 
bastard. How, how could you no do that? Bitch. He likes stripping you. Uh, maybe too much information there for uh, the poor people uh, <laughs> over at the, at the other end of the, the microphone. So um, mark your calendars because the San Diego Star Wars Society meeting will be on Wednesday, February 22nd. The uh, society will be meeting at uh, the Script Scripps Ranch, which is located 9722 Caminito, Doha, in San Diego, California. Uh, it's a residential area with condominium clubhouse. Yes, that was my bad Canadian accent kicking in right there. Uh, it will be from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, if uh, some uh, volunteer would like to stay up afterwards, uh, they'd like to clean up the house really good to come back later. Of course, there will be pizza, and pizza, 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 cheese, pepperoni, or sausage, and it will uh, actually be sold for the dinner, and it will be there for recoup the cost of renting the clubhouse. This is a very important meeting as they will be electing their new club secretary and their new vice president slash chapter rep on the fan force boards, following other people who will be voting on uh, these positions. So uh, for secretary, you will have Dennis McGrath, Rachel, Rachel Williams, and Jessica Woods. For VP slash CR, you have Edgar Galagas. Tony Snyder and Ra- Rachel Williams. So, if Rachel's elected for secretary and VPCR, she's going to have a lot and lot and lot and lot and lot of work to do. This uh, February meeting will also be a show and tell combination meeting swap meet. So, bring something Star Wars related you have at home, a collectible, a t shirt, or even a funny story to tell about Star Wars personality you've met. Also, bring any Star Wars item you would like to sell or trade. And after the meeting, we will, they will have a mini Star Wars swap meet. There will be tables in the clubhouse where you can uh, set up your items that you wish to trade slash sell. Also on the, ag- on the agenda are the upcoming events for this month, uh, which can be found over at www.sandiegostarwars.com and on the San Diego Fan Force boards located at boards.force.net slash sandy san underscore diego underscore ca slash b10143 slash p1. You can all find that out at the fanforce.net page, too, <laughs> if you don't rely on me, which is a good thing. And, of course, we want to keep up the good thing with the, uh, you know, good old events that are coming up. Of course, uh, action, adventure, and movie making at the Carnegie Science Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is up until May 1st. Art and Science of Star Wars at Studio Science in uh, France and Paris is up until August 27th. The uh, Star Wars, where science meets imagination, Museum of Science in Boston, Massachusetts, where they receive a lot of snow today, is actually going to be up until April 30th. So, you know, we're, we're getting close. You better get yourself down to Boston if you, if you want to go see that uh, exposition. Uh, the Art of Star Wars in Singapore at the Singapore Science Center uh, is up until April 3rd. And um, Harrison Ford was on the Alan, Alan DeGeneres' show the, this past week. Uh, but uh, Dennis Murren and Pablo Hellman will be at the Hollywood Master Storytellers in the Men's Chinese Six in Hollywood, California on the February the 16th. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson will be on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno on February 17th. And he will also be appearing on uh, ABC. I'm guessing it's all about his new coming up movie, Freedom Land. And which then this movie after that, you know what it's called? Which I have mixed feelings about, that Freedom Land thing. I'm not sure. By the the preview, I'm not too sure. What's the next Jackson movie? Snakes on a Plane. Oh, really? That's what the title is, Snakes on a Plane. Right? 
Is there something I don't know about you and not liking Snake? I, I really don't like snakes on a plane. Or snakes in general. But, uh... It's like, <laughs> particularly when they're on a plane, and it's an it's enclosed space, bad. and it's like, up in the sky, and everything could go wrong, it will. Exactly. It's like, altitude makes snakes go wild. I mean, like... It's just bad. Anyway, the reason why it's still, ca- still called Snakes on a Plane movie mm-hmm. is because Samuel Jackson came into the project, and they were going to change the title, but he said, no, 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 don't change the title, or I'm leaving. So they keep the title "Snakes on a Plane" because it's hilarious. Well, if it's if it's, it's anything, all about snakes on a plane, it's that, all about snakes. That's that what it's about. Okay, well, you know what? If it's anything, if you go on to IMDb, do a search for it. Yeah, snakes on a plane, and it's all about snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane. Okay, it's Sammy Jackson. More fucking snakes on a plane. Well, if it's anything as good as uh, uh, Formula Fifty One was, then it's gonna be great. That's, that's all I gotta say. Um, Natalie Portman will be at SNL on March 4th and that's something I guess you must not miss Uh, and for those of you who are into Star Wars fandom and know that you know the wonderful day that is February 14th aka Valentine's Day is coming up uh, well you know don't lose hope because some of the 501st are actually very much romantic and if uh, you're a girl or guy and uh, you're looking into romance into the Star Wars fandom well you can probably find it within your local fan fandom if you just look hard enough for it or maybe not too hard enough for it so there you go on this note that pretty much concludes the wonderful news for this day on this note we will go to a short uh, sponsor break and uh, we'll be back with our main subject none other than Troy Denning right after this on Star Wars on Direct the voice of Star Wars but actually just before I do that I want to remind people who have questions they can go into my room one to Watch ask them the stuff people in chat and uh, Audrey who's sure. in the chat with us in chat we have Adalia we have myself we have Christina we have AJ we have Kokis171 we have uh, Sebastian we have E5150 Ikasra Gambler uh, Jedi Simon Kit Fisco uh, Matt who's Kit Fisco uh, you <laughs> Nick Rogue6 Sad Max Skylover Snakes Tiger Claw Toady and Vader San alright well, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Troy is on his way. What I told you is true from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Tusken Raiders suck. No, I'm serious here. You have no idea what a pain in the ass these savages are. I mean, the other night, me and one of my brothers in arms were out on patrol. You know, protecting your thankless asses. When I got shot in the head. No, really, I was shot in the head. Granted, these unwashed grungers have weapons akin to pea shooters, so it didn't penetrate my helmet, but still. How do I know it was a Tuscan? By the damned endless roaring, grunting, screaming, and caterwauling. Needless to say, me and my partner immediately lit up the area we think the sound was coming from, and that put an end to it. The noise and the shooting stopped. 
Now, it has been said that Tauntauns smell bad, but these cute and cuddly snow critters don't have squat on a Tuscan that's been living in its rags for its whole life. Literally. The smell of a Tuscan can be best described as 300 pounds of hot ass marinated in Rancor piss for about a month and then eaten and pinched off by Jawas. That is what these damn things smell like. Why do you think we never take our helmets off out here in the heat? It's the damned stink. The Junlin wastes are bathed in it. And you know what? I can't even tell the males from the females. Yeah, yeah, the women wear the big golden headdress things, and the males wear the rags on their ugly mugs. But you're talking to a guy who's tagged more than one of these things than I care to count. And I've seen him with the masks off, and I still can't tell which are male and which are female. That just ain't right, and I don't care what planet you come from. I'm TD0013, and this has been A Different Point of View. The following has been a presentation of A Different Point of View, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of the Empire or its subsidiary systems. www.dragonpage.com certain point of view? Everyone seems to have this image of Emperor Palpatine being an evil guy, but I beg to differ. It's not that he signs my paycheck, it's because I've studied the man's past and seen all the good he's done for the galaxy. Let's take a look at the Grand Old Republic. The Republic was run by the most corrupt bunch of criminals known in the galaxy. You call them politicians. Anyhow, the Senate was 14 shades of snafu, and Senator Palpatine from the planet of Naboo was sick of it. His own home planet was under attack, and the current sitting Chancellor's pockets were too full of bribe money to do anything about it. So Palpatine did. He worked the system and ended up becoming the new Chancellor. And once that was done, he started fixing things. Of course, this sent all of the really corrupt systems fleeing and rebelling against the Republic. The Separatists weren't the only ones Palpatine had to deal with either. The Jedi turned against him too because their corrupt throne of power over the Republic was being threatened. Plus, they didn't agree with him, and we all know what happens when Jedi don't agree with you. After they showed their true colors, they became enemies of the Republic and were dealt with by the true patriots, Anakin Skywalker and the Army. He then realized the biggest problem the Republic had was too many voices arguing over every single thing that was brought before him. Nothing ever gets done that way, so he did the best thing he could ever do for the galaxy. He became the Emperor. With an Emperor, the buck stops there, baby. No more squabbling. It needs to be done, then it's done. Simple as that. Once the Clone Wars were over, he turned his attention back to the real problem, the Senate, and dissolved it completely, leaving controls of the systems in the hands of regional governors, returning the power back to the people who actually lived there. What did he accomplish with all of this? Order, baby. Sweet law and order. And I'll take that over corruption any day. I'm TD0013, and this has been A Different Point of View.
The following has been a presentation of a different point of view. All rights reserved. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of the Empire or its subsidiary systems. www.dragonpage.com Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction. Guaranteed. Yes, Viceroy. Roger, Roger. All Star Wars and Brand listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. At planetfandom.com At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you know, that it's scrap pile. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerdhorn! You tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth! You'll get no such pleasure from us! Parental discretion is advised. And welcome back to Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And today's main subject is the entire Darkness trilogy, prelude to the Legacy series, of course, but it's also the end of the NGO series in some sort of way. It actually caps off the NGO series. And today with us, we have none other than the author, Troy Denning, with us. Uh, welcome to the show, Troy. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure to have you around. Um, so we're going to go straight into this, and for the people who actually didn't listen to the other shows we did with you on the other two books, um, how did you come to write this trilogy to, you know, finish off the end of one era and actually open up the the, the door to another one? Um, well, after I had written Tattooing Ghost, um, Shelley... Um, Shapiro and, and Sue Rastoni, who are the editors at Del Rey and, and Lucasfilm, um, respectively, asked me if I wanted to do a trilogy. And I, being, being you know, a Star Wars fan myself, I said, of course. And then they asked me where, what, and gave me a couple of choices of where to, what time period to set it at. And, and I chose to do it post-NJO because I felt that there were some things that I wanted to kind of come back to that hadn't been entirely resolved in the NJO um, and so I chose to do that and then they they gave me a pretty free free reign with it which I was very happy to have um, and they even allo- even took the risk of allowing me to write a whole trilogy about bugs which I, I think is 
um, speaks a lot to their courage and 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 freedom of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, like you just you just you just said that it was a series about bugs. So the subject, the main idea of bugs, was actually brought in by you and not by them. Um, yeah, it was brought in by me. We had uh, we had talked about what we were going to do. I had the basic outline of what I wanted to do with the characters in the trilogy and the basic situation um, set out. But when I ran that by them, um, the original one, it was. Uh, I think they felt it was a little bit too close to some stories that had come before, and so we decided, well, what can we do? And then you know, I had this thing about Killix from from the Killix Twilight, the painting and in um, uh, Tatooine Ghost and so I just said well okay we can make it work with, with bugs and you know, I kind of have a thing about bugs I really like to watch them I'll sit out by my pond you know, and watch them for a half an hour or an hour at a time you know, swarming over the rocks and things so I've kind of always thought it would be fun to write a, a story with them as the villains even though they're not true villains in this story but, but that was kind of the way that we we came out and said that it would be so they weren't the first villain but they were kind of the, the second choice of, of the villains alright um, now as I was saying earlier you're finishing off the end of an era and actually opening up the, the, the next one which is Legacy in which you're one of three authors uh, there's going to be Aaron Alston Karen Travis and you writing books three books each um how how can we expect the uh, the your involvement into that particular series to be? Are are we can we actually expect you to talk more about Han and Leia's involvement in that series, or will you be toying with some new characters? Um, you know, I don't want to get I I don't know how much I can say about Legacy without getting in trouble, except that I can kind of um, just answer yes to all of your questions. Okay. It's it's such a big concept, and all of the books are, you know, there's so much room to cover things that we'll have a lot of room to cover most of what you're asking about. Well, that sounds like a great answer. Um, now we're going to go into we're going to go actually back into NGO with Audrey a little bit. Okay. And uh, she's going to ask you a few questions from back in the times where there was this huge war with those incredible people that we couldn't kill. <laughs> <laughs> so, Audrey, go ahead. Okay. Um, when writing Star by Star, you were able to develop the characters of all the young Jedi Knights and you were, able, uh, you were effectively responsible for their coming of age. How much freedom were you given to develop their characters? Because like, we see Jaina with Rogue Squadron, we see Jason off with Luke, and we see Anakin off with Mara prior to their mission. But when they go on their mission to Merkur, uh, they, were all, uh, they were all under the command of one of the youngest members, and that was sort of an interesting dynamic. So, Right. Um, I was given quite a bit of, of freedom. Um, you know, and they, they give you in the NJO storyline, they gave each author a list of plot points that they needed to cover, and the Young Jedi Knights weren't listed as in any in, in any of the plot points that I had to cover, so um, they, they were included in the story because I think Shelley said it would be kind of fun to have the Young Jedi Knights in the story, and so I went and got the, the books from that Rebecca 
uh, Moista and, and uh, Kevin Anderson had written and read them, and I just loved them, so I thought it was great fun to include the uh, include the knights. Um, I think that Anakin being in command was pretty much to be expected because he was the one who was going to die, and you know he didn't want to. Um, he wanted to make him as significant as possible. Plus, he had been, you know, in the previous books to, the, to Star by Star, he had been built up as the as the strong as the strongest character. And that was intentional. Um, they they had planned all along to build, at, at least since before I was involved, to build Anakin up as a very strong character and then kill him um, because they wanted to, you know, bring home that this was a real real war and that it had a real cost. Uh, and so I just continued that in um, Star by Star by making him kind of the the dominant character and the of the whole Young Jedi Knight group, which I think he really was by the time, you know, the, the Yuzong Long War rolled around. Okay, you kind of answered my next question, so... <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Um, I was going to ask you if you had been aware of uh, the plans uh, for Anakin's demise uh, well before you started... Uh, uh, the conception plan for Star by Star because at one point um, there had been some talk about uh, Jason being the one that was supposed to die but then there would be mass confusion about uh, two stories of like Anakin Skywalker versus Anakin Solo being uh, told at the same time so um, yeah I don't know um, uh, how much truth there is to the Anakin Anakin problem um, and that one or the Anakin Anakin parallel it's just when I say that I don't know how much truth there is, I, I just don't know because the decision to kill Anakin was made before I br- was brought on board. Um, I found out about it when you know they asked me to write the book, and I said, okay, great, yeah, I'd love to write the book. So they sent me the contract, and I signed the contract. And then they sent me the list of the plot points, and that's when I found out that I had to kill Anakin. <laughs> so I was already signed up to do it by the time, by the time I found out I had to do it. Um, but you know, I think it was good for the story, and it was good for the for the trilogy. It really served its purpose, and and brought home that dark, um, painful undercurrent that I think is a hallmark of the NJO. Well, some people liked liked the death because they saw that you know, like it made it more realistic, and others were really sort of caught off guard by the whole uh, event. So, but. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way that you develop the other characters around the serious situation as well and bring yeah, home I, points I, um, more. I felt that when I found out that I was going to have to kill Anakin, that it was going to have to be in context of something, you know, where a lot of his fellow people his age were going. I didn't want him to go out alone. Um, you know, I just felt that if he was going, it was going to have to take a lot of other people too. Um, but as I was writing it, I kind of chickened out on killing the young Jedi Knights because I, I really liked them um, as I was reading them, and so I had made up a bunch of new characters that I killed instead. Were you initially supposed to take out any of the other young Jedi? Um, initially, some of them had been kind of scheduled for it, um, just in an outline basis. But as I was writing, I just kind of felt like, boy, you know, I don't really don't want to lose these characters, so I, I would invent. I invented new characters to to take their places. Okay. Um, and also, uh, still talking about Anakin, this is probably the last Anakin question. <laughs> um, Anakin and Tahiri's relationship was built up rather quickly before Anakin was killed. Um, and we see them hidden away thinking they were going to die um, in Greg Key's book, and so they share a kiss. And then the next thing we know, Anakin is dead, Tahiri is all heartbroken, and later on in the series, 
Um, Jaina makes references to the idea that ter- uh, Tahiri might have been her sister-in-law by then had Anakin lived. So a lot of people are wondering how serious their relationship really was and if there was, if there's a possibility that we'll have an e-book that goes into more of their relationship prior to Anakin's death. Well, you know, I think an e-book that went into their relationship prior to Anakin's death would be a great idea. Um, the relationship with Tahiri and Anakin kind of came as a surprise to me. I was well, probably most of the way through with writing Star by Star um, when a change was made in the order of books that were coming in and Greg Keyes ended up writing the book in which Anakin and Tahiri developed their relationship. So it was kind of like all of a sudden, you know, there was this new relationship to deal with that I hadn't had groom or time to, you know, that, that was a surprise to me in writing Star by Star. So um, I think that's, you know, that kind of the reason that it was built up so quickly and then kind of came to such an abrupt end. But it worked pretty well, I thought, in the terms of, you know, you, all of a sudden you have this young romance blossoming like young romance does in any war, and then coming to an abrupt, quick end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did, I think it just added to the poignancy of it. Yeah, you just have the backlash after where Tahiri sort of left, you know, wondering, you know, if she should have gone on or not, and the whole wrong thing with her as well. Yeah, yeah, it was... <laughs> It was <laughs> it was painful. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, girl in emotional crisis. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That was that was definitely true. Okay. Um, will we be hearing any anything on how the Vong have adjusted to life post New Jedi Order? You know, like to have some sort of a closure on them because you know at the end of the war some of them are like committing suicide, others are going to Seacot. But do we like revisit them at all in the next? Uh, um, the only place that I'm aware of that they've been revisited is in the beginning of, what was it, the Joiner King, when that little scene where um, Tahiri in the prologue okay. is there, um, is still on Sonoma Seacott with, with, the, with the Vong. Yeah, that's it. We, yeah. we actually... And, um, yeah, other than that, I don't know that there's a lot of plan to, to revisit them, just because if if they became a part of the galaxy, they'd probably start the whole war again because, you know, there are so many Bothans that still want them dead and and um, and so much bad feeling about what they did that uh, I think generally it's probably better for everybody if they stay isolated for a little while. Okay. That's not to say that they won't be mentioned or they won't be visited, you know, briefly in, in, in other books, but I'm not aware of any plans, and I wouldn't be the one that was. I would only be aware of what I'm doing to really bring them back into the story. Okay, so for like a character like Danny who's left the Jedi Order and has gone back to Seacott, is she sort of going to disappear then as well from the picture or will she well, be Well, you know, I, I, um, I, I never say never right. because I don't control um, all of that. I can only speak to what I, you know, the, the books that I'm writing and so forth and, and I don't have any plans to revisit her. Okay. Um, so that's, I guess that's about the best I can do because if I say any more, I'm speaking for other people who's, you know, who I don't have um, even the knowledge to speak for. Okay. And uh, will we be hearing more about the Killix or Tat in the next trilogy, uh, in the next series? Um, you know, they might be mentioned, but I don't think that they're going to be... Um, uh, I mean, I could always be surprised, but I don't think they're going to be a big part of the trilogy they'll, they'll kind of probably be in the background okay and we're, we're going to have mentions of Membrosia somewhere in there <laughs> we might <laughs> <laughs> because it became such a popular drink <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course now it's hard to get 
<laughs> um, I'm going to move on to some of the character relationships a little bit. Sure. Um, I've heard or read other interviews about your uh, evolving emotions concerning Kip Duran. You've been heard to say that you hated him and wanted him dead in Star by Star. Then you warmed up to him after Dark Journey and weren't gunning for him anymore. And last spring at Celebration 3, you said you'd almost like to see him get the girl. So a couple of the listeners are wondering, what is your take on Kip now? I think that, you know, my problem with Kip um, was always that he, you know, he did that atrocious thing and then he never seemed to learn anything from it. And I'm talking about the Sun Crusher. Yeah. When he blew up, uh, what planet was it? Carita? Yeah, Carita. Yeah. Um, I blew up the sun. And, uh, you know, after that, there was no consequence. There was no growing from it. And that was always my problem with him. And uh, then during in Dark Journey, you know, Helen, or Elaine, I'm sorry, um, kind of brought that full circle and developed him and made him, I thought, uh, a penitent character. And after that, I felt that he had actually learned something from it, even though he was still a little bit socially maladjusted. Um, and he became interesting to me and somebody that I actually kind of liked having around. So, so yeah, he's as far as I know, he's he's um, he's still completely available and eligible to get the girl. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, um, okay. Uh, at the end of... Uh, Darkness in uh, the Darkness trilogy, the Swarm War. Jane and Zek are still joiners. However, it's said that they are both recovering. Is the joining a permanent bond that Jane and Zek will share, or will the remnants of the joining disappear and only communication through their Force bond remain? Um, it was already disappearing at the end of the Swarm War, um, and I'm a little bit surprised that it, that people didn't get that it that it was going to dissolve. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna dissolve. Although there'll probably be um, what I want to say, kind of a hangover left. You know, they'll probably have a a certain closeness that you know that it, that any two people who would shared a, a real traumatic experience would have. But it's not going to be the the mind joining kind of thing. Uh, that's all. That's all gone at the end of you know. You can pretty much say by the you know six months after the end of Swarm War that their real joiner bond had dissolved. Okay, I have a question. Luke lost his lightsaber in the Unseen Queen, and he has one in um, the Swarm War, but it's not clear what color it is and which saber it is. It's a real fanboy question. I know. I, I recognize. I'm. Right. Um, in I'm just the wondering. Between Raynar took Luke's lightsaber away from yeah. him, and Luke actually Luke let him take it away. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the Swarm War, when he fights Raynar, he gets it back. Okay. So it's the same. It's the same lightsaber. But what is he using in the interim? Well, he had that spare that he had he had hidden inside of um, R two. Okay. Um, and so he was using that one or another one. You know, I, I think. Uh, I've got to say that that once you know how to build a lightsaber, that getting another one isn't really a problem. Okay. You just have to get the crystal, and the rest of the, the materials are are fairly easy to come by. So, in terms of of Luke losing a lightsaber, unless it's a, a special lightsaber, you don't. You know, he's he's, he's always going to be able to get another lightsaber, and he wouldn't be without a lightsaber just because he lost one. 
you know, and and uh, was it, he doesn't suddenly forget how to build a new one. Okay, I'm just asking because the lightsabers are kind of a. He's always had the same one, I think, from all the way from Return of the Jedi all the way up to this point. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was kind of an important thing. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's this. He he has it back at, at the end of the Swarm War. Okay. He gets the same lightsaber back. Okay. Cool. Yep. Okay. Um, will we be seeing more of Tahiri, Lobaka, and Tezar, or will they be remaining conveniently tucked away on Dagobah during the next series? Um, no, they. Uh, that was that was only a short-term grounding. Okay. They, they weren't. <laughs> and Luke wasn't wasn't grounding them for years and years. He just sent them there to to think about, uh, you know, to chill and, and think about what they had done. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that how you just sent them to Dagobah. Just like go 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 be with the creepy mud planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except it was kind of a vacation from Asar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good hunting ground. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh boy, you sent me to the smorgasbord. <laughs> Seriously. Um, at Celebration 3, we were promised a lot of funerals. Apart from Lomi, there are no significant deaths in the Darkness tr- uh, series. Alema has been left up in the air, you know, because there's no body. And uh, Jag's beacon is lit at the end of the series. So, should we be expecting multiple deaths in the Legacy series, or <laughs> will we be seeing any of the main characters meet their end? Well, you know, you know how that many many funerals thing came came about was I was on um, doing an interview with you guys, and somebody asked me if anybody was going to if there were going to be any funerals in in the Dark Nest trilogy, and and I kind of made a joke and said, Oh yeah, there'll be thousands. There'll be many. Or what did I say? Many of them. There'll be many, many funerals or something. And, of course, I was thinking, you know, there's going to have a war in it. Of course there'll be a lot of funerals. <laughs> the next thing I know, it's popping up on the boards. Troy said there's going to be a lot of deaths in the Darkness trilogy and, and things. <laughs> so, so the one funeral that really did end up in there, which is... Sensov. Um, oh, uh, Supreme Commanders, whose name is... Sensov. Uh, Supreme Commander. His name is, is escaping me right now. Tien Solve? Yep. Right. So one funeral that did end up there was kind of um, an afterthought <laughs> that we put in. Um, we, we needed to do something. We needed to, to show Cal Olmos's motivation for uh, being angry with the Jedi. And, and I said, oh, I know how to do it. We'll have a funeral. So the, the fan comments are directly responsible for that particular funeral. <laughs> So everybody listening, it's all your fault. <laughs> um, so be careful what you say on the boards. It may come true. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so all those uh, Jane and Kip people are going to be like, come on, Jane and Kip are going to get together. Oh, yeah, Jane and Kip are going to get together. Get back. It won't come true. <laughs> if you say it too many no! times, it will absolutely not come true. It will go the opposite way. No. <laughs> Okay, well, actually, that's sort of a lead into my next question, then. <laughs> At Celebration 3, I had the opportunity to ask you which character you would prefer to see with Jaina, uh, Kip versus Jag. You had said that you found Jag's character was too underdeveloped and that Jaina deserved someone stronger than him, and you'd also said that you thought Kip was too old for her. I was wondering if there would be a new romantic interest in the upcoming Legacy series. Well, you know, I really thought Zek was good for her, but... A lot of people didn't agree with me. So. 
Um, you know, I can't really I can't really talk too much about what's going to happen with okay. in, well, then in, in the upcoming Legacy series. Th- well, then, Troy, let me rephrase the question. Is there going to be any romantic involvement for Jaina since we've seen that Jason pretty much has his own thing going on? Well, um, you know, there's going to be this big Camarian hero that comes into the story, and I think she's going to fall for him. Huh, that's interesting. You know what the Camarians are, the ones who scared her, the bugs that scared her dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a joke, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's falling for a bug, guys. We're, we're, we're past joke. the bugs, right? <laughs> but, but isn't Zach basically a bug in, when he's a joiner? What's that? Wasn't Zach ba- basically a, a bug when he was a joiner? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, kind of. I mean, half bug. But also, she never admits that she has any feelings for Zach. It's all one-sided. She denies it throughout. She denies it. She's like... He's not my boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't think that she would like it. She, she, she's too hot on the idea herself. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that you can pretty much take Jaina at her, you know. Jaina is... I wouldn't want to say that she knows herself very well, but um, I would say that she's very stubborn. So it's entirely possible that she would be in love with Zek and not admit it to herself or anyone else, and that, you know, for that reason, it would never they would never have a relationship. Very much like her mother was denying Han. Yeah, yeah, it kind of so runs in the family. That's except, it. Except don't take that to mean anything. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying she's going to marry Zach or anything like that. No, you know, that's, that's, that, that, that is all in the future and, and kind of to be seen in the Legacy of the Horse trilogy. And so I can't tell you what happens with, with Jaina's love life. <laughs> Except that it will continue to be explored in, in Legacy of the Force. Well, then that's that's just enough. That's all we needed to hear. Yeah. Um, we know that the first novel is called Betrayal, and the second is called Bloodlines. Can you tell us what what your first novel in the series will be called? Um, sure. I think that's been on the boards. It's called Tempest. Tempest. Cool. Hmm. Okay. So there's going to be a lot of things that will be moving around these yeah. these books. It's that's for sure. Uh, while we're still a little bit into the subject of of uh, the entire trilogy right now, um, referring back to the Anakin question of earlier about the two Anakin problems and all that, uh, the way Ben Skywalker is being written right now, to me, feels a lot like a younger. Anakin Solo was back a few years. Uh, do you think that Jason is staking Ben under his arm? Uh, uh, thank yeah. you, under his wing, just because, just to somewhat, you know, fill the blank that his brother left. I think that there's a uh, an element of that 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 Jason really is um, sees a little bit of Anakin in in Ben. Um, I think that Ben also has kind of a uh, a special connection with with Jason that that they've you know developed because they are both hesitant about using the Force and and Jason is the one who understands that hesitation better than anybody else. And can 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 we imagine that through that bond you know that 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 similar experience that's going on between those two characters that in the future uh, Anakin will. Uh, not Anakin, but Ben will develop his force powers much the same as Jason has. Um, you know, I, th- I think that you kind of have to wait for Legacy of the Force to see where that's going to go. Damn, I thought I had him. 
<laughs> I see, Audrey, you have a, a few more questions? Um, yeah, I'm going to actually start going to some of the questions on the boards. All right. Um, so, Koki171 wants to know if you read other Star Wars fiction or if you just use the holocron uh, as reference when you're writing your novels. Um, I read quite a bit of, of other Star Wars fiction. I, I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't claim that I read it all because I, I think that that might be an impossible claim. But I read quite a bit. Um, I certainly read the entire NJO and everything leading up to uh, what I'm writing now. Um, and I've read a lot of the the uh, the Wars stuff just because I've enjoyed a lot of it. Um, let's see. I read some of the comic books every now and then I'm, uh, and en- enjoy those quite a bit. So you know, I'm I'm probably more of a fan than than a lot of of the writers are, but but not not quite a fanatic, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. You're just not where we're at. You're just like that one level below. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I mean, I I do I do research use the holocon because even with the stuff that that um, I've read. You know, you have a vague memory of something in there, and you, to try and find find that in your library, I don't know. You know, I've got probably I'm looking at my shelf now. I've probably got thirty books that I've read. Mm-hmm. To remember which one of them it's in, you can't find. So that, you that, know, the holocron is is definitely the the tool of choice when it comes to research. It's it's always uh, always difficult, even even for myself. I'm a big uh, Star Wars Insider fan because it has a lot of information, and from time to time I'll have this you know uh, real quote that comes into mind, like which Insider was it, and I'll go through like ten of them before I actually find it. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, and that that happens to me all the time. And of course, I use I have a complete library of the the essential guides and the new essential guides and and Steve Sansweet's Star Wars Encyclopedia. Have you picked up the, the comic Six Guide to the Star Wars Universe. Uh, you know, I just... <laughs> I have quite a bit of, of the, the reference material that I use use on a constant basis, the DK books. So. Okay. Uh, Brian was, uh, was just asking if you had a chance to pick up the uh, Comics Companion that just came out. Uh, by writer Winham and uh, Daniel Wallace because it's it's really great especially if you like comic books uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find a lot of information much more. Um, you know I haven't even heard of that one yet so oh. I haven't picked it up. Well, go to your local bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's called the Comics Compa- Companion. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm gonna ask three questions from one fan. Okay. Um, they're from Captain Kirazan on uh, the StarWars.com blogs. Uh, could you explain what the idea of the Force should be? Is Luke's way correct? Is Jason's, or maybe neither? Oh, and that—that's only his first question. <laughs> uh, well, um, we're we're drifting into the realm of opinion versus yes. um, you know I can't speak for. Um, what Lucasfilm's intention is, or where they want to see it go, I can only speak for what what I think is is important about the Force, and and I even hesitate to do that because I think that I've, you know, the whole point of um, the whole point of the Darkness trilogy, uh, well, among among several points, um, one of the things I wanted to do in the Darkness trilogy was was talk about where I thought 
you know, move the force back into the direction that I thought it should be going. And um, that's really one of the core conflicts in this series. And one of the things that is argued about, you know, between the masters and, and that Luke and, and Jason are struggling with, and the, the whole conflict that comes, that arises between them, is based on the, is based on my view of the force. So, so I guess I would say that my opinion has, has been stated pretty well in the Darkness trilogy, and that um, you don't want to, don't want to go off and say that anything beyond what you know. I, it's not what, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's not official. Okay. You know, my opinion is 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 different than um, than what the official opinion would be. I, I I don't know that it's different. It's just not the official opinion. Let me put it that way. Okay, that's good. Has thoroughly confused you yet? No, that's that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you pretty much that the official opinion uh, on the force is pretty much like you know. George Lucas celebrates his religion every day, not just once a week. I think right. I think that's the best answer that one could ever get at that question. And uh, to answer Captain Carazan's question, I guess that Luke's way is correct, Jason's way is correct, but you know, I guess I guess the way I would put it to try and actually give a, a cohesive, um, um, coherent answer is that to me the Force is kind of is kind of like a river. And it goes, and it goes a certain, you know, it moves, and it has a certain flow motion, and that you kind of go along with it, yeah. and you can you you can flow in the river, and go with the river, or you can kind of try to trap the river and make it serve your purposes. And when you kind of trap the river and and try to dam it up and and you know divert it, you're kind of toying with the dark side. And when you go with the river and, and allow it to carry you where the river needs to go, you're kind of on the light side. So That's that's great. I that would be that's my personal view of the river and it's matter of the force and it's of course not not official in any way. <laughs> that's okay. No, but it's it's a really, really good way to put it, honestly. Um now I'm gonna go to his second question. Uh, is Verger completely corrupt as everyone thinks or does she bring Jason some solid ideas from the old Jedi Order and everyone else just doesn't realize this I can't answer that oh yeah that's an excellent answer yeah. you know you can't answer it yeah it's um, it's a good question and you know it's it's discussed in the Darkness trilogy and and I think that's about as much as I can say about it all right Okay. <laughs> um, also, Jason's path seems to be a little cloudy for uh, most of the readers. Um, is he supposed to have a dark edge in the Darkness trilogy, or is he sincerely looking out for his family, his whole family, and the good of the galaxy? Um, yes to both questions. All right. He's doing both. I think that, that Jason kind of epitomizes... Um, what happened in the NJO and that it, it became very unclear to a lot of the the Jedi young Jedi and, and I think it probably to all of the citizens where that line between good and evil is and, and you know it became blurred entirely and Jason while Jason has a good heart um, in the Darkness Trilogy he's clearly willing to do anything it, it takes to achieve the ends that he think are right you know, and that was—that's kind of his whole 
journey in the Darkness trilogy. Okay. Uh, Audrey? Um, Sad Max would like to know, do you identify with any of the Star Wars characters? I think I, I tend to identify a little bit with Han and with um, Saba a little bit because nobody understands my sense of humor either. <laughs> um, probably those two more than, than any of the other characters. Okay. Um, Skylover would like to know um, how the newly announced Legacy comics with Cade Skywalker are linked to the upcoming Legacy book series. Well, they have a similar name. Um, I don't, you know, it's, it's 100 years in the future. I mean, they, Legacy comics started 100 years more or less after Legacy of the Force ends. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that there's a real strong link. You know, I've I've read the outline for them, and I think they're going to be a great great series of comics. Um, I'm certainly going to be buying them myself, uh, but I don't think that there's a real strong connection between the two, between our book line and the and the comic line. You know, there's there's some things that are overlapped. I mean, they both use the force, obviously, and you know, you know, and there's a few things like that, and some things that that we coordinated just to make sure we weren't stepping on each other's toes but um, but in terms of a real strong you know connection between read the legacy of the force and then can, then that story is going to continue in the legacy comic books uh, I don't think that's um, the intention at all and I don't think that the readers will will see that happening okay um, and Jedi Furball wanted to know uh, what justification was used for Jason becoming so radically different over such a short period of time? Like, from, I guess, from where he was a little bit more insecure and not, you know, really willing to use the Force to, like, going out and, you know, exploring all of his, all the different types of Force, I guess, with the... Uh, well, it's um, one word, Vergari. <laughs> yeah. She, she got a hold of him and, and flat out changed him. Uh, that's you know it's, it's, it's basically the whole, everything that to my mind everything that Jason has gone through since Traitor is an, is an outgrowth of what happened in Traitor and sometimes you know he seemed to in different writers hands he kind of sometimes he seemed to be a little lighter sometimes he seemed to go back a little bit darker um, the Dark Nest is pretty much what I think is the outgrowth of what happened to him in Traitor okay um, and he had a second question. He wanted to know, what is your favorite part or character when writing in the Star Wars universe? My favorite part or character? Hmm. And you know, everything gives you kind of a different joy. Uh, a lot of the, you know, like if you write a cantina scene or like in Tatooine Ghost, the, the auction scene, you, you can just play around with so many different characters and, and, um, different cultures and so forth and that's always a lot of fun but you know writing a good pulse pounding lightsaber battle is a totally different kind of joy and writing the quiet moments you know between Han and Leia or Mark or Mara and uh, Luke um, those are you know different um, they kind of are relaxing and, and you have to have them all I guess is what I'm is what I would say is that you can't really say that, you know, I'm going to have 
one particular style of favorite moment because they all kind of complement each other and they have to work together. So in this sort of uh, novel where you have a lot of action and you have some romantic periods, uh, do you find one harder to write than the other? Um, you know, the f- thing I find hardest to write are probably descriptions. <laughs> uh, you know, the descriptions of a, of a nebula, say, or something like that. Because you, you need to make that concise and short because you don't want it to take up a lot of space, but yet you want it to create a very strong image. So probably in terms of the things that are the most difficult to write, it's those short paragraphs of description that, that uh, take the most time per word, I guess, is the, is the way I would put it. But in terms of writing a battle scene versus um, a love scene or anything like that, um, there's just not a consistent enough pattern to say that you know one is harder to write than, than the other. Sometimes the love scenes are, are very spontaneous and easy to write, and sometimes the battle scenes are too, and, and at times they can all be difficult. Okay, and just sort of a sub-question to that as well is, um, do you have any characters that you find harder to write than others? No, I you know I have I have kind of my favorites that I like to write. Um, I I enjoy writing Saba because she's like she has my sense of humor, I guess. Um, and I enjoy writing Han because I sometimes I can, can kind of channel him, and and uh, a lot of times it seems to me like Leia has a lot in common with my wife, especially when she's you know telling Han what for. So. <laughs> So it's, uh, you know, I guess I, I, I do tend to enjoy writing the classic characters. All right. Uh, we have Darth Rill in the, um, in the forums of Star Wars Sound Direct. He's got a few, uh, you know, regular questions that uh, we're going to go through one more time. Okay. Uh, how much control did you have over the events in the uh, Darkness trilogy? Was it totally under your control? Or was there anything that you, you, you put in there and Shelley said, you can't do that. <laughs> um, well, I had, a, I had a lot of control over it and the, the whole, the basic idea and the basic setup were all mine and, and the basic core ideas were mine. Um, when we decided, I was about midway through writing Dark Nest when we decided that we were going to do Legacy. And to put Legacy where we wanted it to begin, to put the story of Legacy where we wanted it to begin, I had to kind of move the ending of the Dark Nest trilogy a little bit. So that's the only thing where there was any um, any real significant change uh, of an idea from Lucasfilm. I mean, you know, there's, there's always lots of little stuff, but um, in terms of the overall plot, that was the only uh, direction that, that Lucasfilm gave. All right. Um, now that the the series is over, uh, is there is there anything like any afterthoughts regarding any additions, changes uh, that you would have wanted to put in there, but that you just didn't have the time to do so? Um, you know, nothing. That's a matter of time. I sometimes I, I um, kind of wish that I would hammer the the message of the trilogy a little bit harder because I I kind of tried to let it speak a little bit, speak for itself, and I think um, a lot of people kind of missed the the idea that the whole trilogy was 
about the problem of being a Jedi in a world where you really don't know what is right and what's wrong, and that your job is to go out and keep the peace, probably between two sides, two sides that are both right from a certain point of view. Um, you know, I was trying to develop the idea that when the Jedi aren't at war and when they're not involved in a war, they're actually peacekeepers. And being a peacekeeper means going out and finding out what both side, both um, uh, points of view are and trying to work out uh, a compromise that's going to, to, to keep them from destroying each other. And if you think back to the Joyner King in the, in the game that occurs in the, at the Jedi Academy on Osis, when Luke is giving Formby a tour around, and there's this game at the end of the at the end of the tour that describes what um, you know a, a Jedi referee is trying to accomplish. That's what I what the real role of a Jedi in the galaxy is. It's it's not to to keep it's not to um, make sure that one side does. You know, the one side is always the right side is always going to prevail. It's it's just to keep the peace and to, and to keep the balance and to realize that. Everybody probably has um, a legitimate point of view and a legitimate right to what they're they're asking for, and if you have to find a way to make that work. So, and the other thing I think I would have done is try to to point out that Jaina was actually kind of the hero of the trilogy. She's the one that that really went out there and kept the the chiss from you know destroying this race because they were inconvenient the, the species. Um, the chiss you know had a very valid point and that if they didn't do something, the Killicks were going to overrun the galaxy. But at the same time, you know, their solution was just to wipe them out. And Jaina was the one Jedi that was kind of standing, well, Jaina and Zek, that were standing up in the middle of it saying, no, you can't do that. And she was willing to stand up and, and do that even if it meant losing more than just her life. I mean, she was putting at risk her whole identity. Um, so I kind of felt that Jaina was a was a... A lot stronger hero than than a lot of people realize, and I wished I'd kind of actually come out and said, you know, had some heroes, other people saying, "Oh man, this is what she's doing. This is what she's putting at risk." But I just kind of thought that it was it was apparent until um, later when I could see that that a lot of people were missing that point. Well, I guess you just made it clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, the last time you were on the show. You you mentioned that you walked into a legacy meeting, and you reminded everyone else that in the Darkness trilogy, Jason had a kid with uh, Danny Kui, right? Tinoka. Tinoka. I'm always mixing up. Yeah. <laughs> I keep on. I'm sorry. I'm really I sorry. I am on with Danny Kui too, but I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep on mixing them together. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Easy to do. One one day, one day, it will all come up like straight lines into my head. Anyhow, uh, it was a pretty funny story that you told us last time about that meeting. Uh, but is there any other things about that actual meeting where the the other authors of Legacy actually had any input on the Darkness trilogy at that point? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, as I said... Uh just a minute ago, one of the things that that happened in that meeting was that we realized that um, the Darkness trilogy couldn't end where we had original. I had originally planned to have it end. Um, originally, I had kind of planned to have the, the Jedi um, 
leave the Galactic Alliance and go off and, and become a lot more monk-like and, and dedicate themselves to um, serving the Force, um, uh, you know, as a separate kind of entity and working a lot more towards a balance and trying to be independent politically. And that didn't work for two reasons. One, um, it wasn't going to work with where, where we wanted to start uh, the Legacy of the Force series. And two, at that time I hadn't um, seen the, the um, Episode 3 script and didn't realize that what I thought George was doing in Episodes 1 and 2 with the Jedi was actually not the case. <laughs> and that in Episode 3, he brought them back around to being true servants of um, of the, the New Republic. And All right. so in order to honor that spirit, we had to had to bring them you know, just the ending of, of the darkness to closer to what it was, where Luke actually says, you know, we need the Galactic Alliance to make our organization work, and they need us to help them be the best alliance they can. Mm -hmm. so. so there you have it. Yep. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Jedi Simon who says... Hi, he's a very big fan of your work, and he's uh, reading your books while he's waiting for his treatment in, uh, in the hospital, I'm guessing, because uh, he's sick. So when he's, not oh, yeah. when he's not listening to us, he's probably reading your books. <laughs> oh, great. Um, and uh, we have uh, Skylover, fa a fan from France, actually, and uh, he mentions the fact that a few weeks ago, uh, Dark Horse Comics announced the legacy you know, novels, well, graphic novels coming up after the Legacy series. Mm -hmm. And in that, apart from being a very sexy tattooed Twi'lek, for those of you who listened to last week's show, you'll remember that, um, there's this guy named Cade Skywalker. Now, I'm going to go all the way back to Celebration 3 at the Legacy meeting, where we were talking and we asked if Ben was going to have any kids and the answer that came from uh, I believe it was Shelly but I could be mistaken was but he's just a kid so we know that you know you, you, you've confirmed to us that Jaina will see some romantic involvement in the coming series can we expect the same from Ben? <laughs> just a kid just a kid <laughs> <laughs> um um you know, I, I, uh, I, once again, I, all I can say is that you shouldn't try to make too strong a connection between the legacy books and legacy of, um, legacy of the Force books and legacy comics. Okay. Um, you know, presumably Cade Skywalker is, um, a descendant of some Skywalker, but honestly, I don't believe that anybody knows, or if they do, they haven't told me which one. Luke could have another. Well, there you go. Take another wife. Mara could die, and he could take another wife. <laughs> like <laughs> guys can have children <laughs> until they die. Kalista's going to come back in the in the in the uh, in the in the story. <laughs> well, you know, I just um, uh, I I just don't I don't know the answer to that. You know, who who what Skywalker is? Kate Skywalker, a descendant of? Um, I really don't know, and and I'm not sure that anybody does. It's. It's presumably it would be Ben, but you know, it, I think that there's a, a hundred years between the end of the Legacy of the Force books and the beginning of of the Legacy comic books. So you know, who knows what could happen? Could be a descendant of Leia who yeah, decided I mean, it to could take be a, the Skywalker be a name. Ballista's kid, for all we know. 
or or Shiver Breeze. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> that's it. That's you true. just don't know. It's, it's there's uh, um, all kinds of or or um, oh, I can't remember um, uh, the girl from. Uh, well, anyway, never mind. Quick run through your shelf. <laughs> many girlfriends, and presumably any of them would be eligible as well. So that's true. So I don't think that. Yeah, so we got Gariel, we got Kalista, we got. You know, I mean, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I, I don't want to to say something that would peg Kate Skywalker as being a descendant of Ben's because I don't know. Okay. It seems like a logical assumption, but but who knows? Really, you know, they comic book art, um, writers may want to go in a, in a different direction with that, and I and uh, I wouldn't be aware of it. That's that's totally all right. <laughs> it's a great answer. Um, do we have anything else coming from the chat? Um, e fifty one fifty wanted to know what inspires you to write Star Wars stories. What inspires me? Uh, well, I guess the movies do originally. Um, you know, I love the movies. When I saw them, they were just jaw dropping, and I love to write. And it's really. You know, I guess I feel privileged to be able to contribute to this whole huge um, cultural phenomenon. I mean, it's really uh, an important part of our pop culture, and I kind of take a, a real pleasure in, in being a part of that. All right. Um, another quick question. Um, do you have a lot of say in what happens with the covers of your novels? Because... For the cover of Swarm War, we see Luke using Force Lightning, and uh, he doesn't actually do that in the book. Yeah, um, I don't, you know, I sometimes I am asked for input, or, you know, for a suggestion, or somebody will say, is this okay with you? But I don't really, I don't, I'm not the guy that actually has the um, approval on any of that, so uh, I guess I would have to say that my input is, is sporadic and informal. Okay. Um, and have you heard anything about the new TV series, uh, the live-action series? No, I've heard that there's going to be one, and that's it. Okay. But, uh, but some I, and I haven't even heard that from anybody official. I just read it on the boards. Okay. Some of the listeners wanted to know what your thoughts were on it. but. Oh, cool. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> okay. And um, uh, E5150 also wanted to know, um, who are some of your favorite authors? Oh boy, the list goes on and on. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I read widely, and and um, I read just about anything. So, I, I guess one of my favorite authors, probably the one that I admire the most for his ability to, to do any kind of story, is William Goldman, who wrote The Princess Bride and The Marathon Man, and and a lot of those books. And I'll often pick up one of his battle scenes and say, oh, and take it apart and look at how he put it together. So, he's definitely one of my favorites. I read a lot of John Sanford, um, because he has a character in there that what used to be a Dungeons and Dragons game designer, and I kind of relate to that guy. Um, you know, Michael Connolly, uh, Terry Goodkind, and Robert Jordan, Terry Brooks, Bob Salvatore, it, it's just, you know, I could go on and on and on down the list. Okay. Um, and I have another question from one of the listeners, but it's to do with Tatooine Ghost. Um, Adalia wanted to know, is the character in Tatooine Ghost with the blue eyes Thrawn? 
Um, yeah, it was supposed to be. Okay. It's just kind of a little cameo that he was that he was there training his troops. It was kind of a tip of the hat to to Tim. I was cool. listening to the audiobook this week because I, I I like the audiobooks and it's kind of, it's really obvious. Like if you've listened, I listened to all the audiobooks multiple times, and I was remembering what happens in Tim Zahn's books. He's always training his troops every time that they get a chance. They always try and train them. Right. And I just thought it was like I recognized it as soon as it was happening. It's like they're training. It's Thrawn. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I thought it was exactly. later in the book that you introduced Thr- the idea that Thrawn was behind it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what was happening. Was Thrawn was training his troops because this occurred. Tatooine Ghost was set right before the Thrawn trilogy, and so I kind of wanted to acknowledge that and put a little tip of the hat in there. And so, you know, I did that little cameo with with him training his troops and actually being down there training them. Um, so it's, then in my opinion, it's Thrawn. But <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm gonna actually, for once, and th- this is the first time it ever happens. I am going to share a Sebastian's crazy theory with you, Troy. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just gonna throw in the intro, and I'll be right back with it. Okay. And Brian's scared now. <laughs> I think he's scaring Troy. No, no, don't, don't worry. Troy, you mentioned that one of your favorite hotter was uh, William Goldman, who wrote The Princess Bride, and that you sometime took from his fight scenes. Uh, in the Legacy series, you're going to have to write three books. Mm-hmm. And we know there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are going to be happening in the Legacy series. Mm-hmm. Can we at one point imagine seeing Ban going after some, some foe saying... I am a Ben Skywalker. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> um, oh, you could imagine anything. I don't. I don't see that happening. <laughs> but it would have been funny. Yeah, yeah, it would have been funny. <laughs> well, I just wanted to share this this little crazy theory with you. Yeah. Uh, thank you very, very much for coming on the show once again. Oh, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, for sure, the the first uh, the, the the third book of the Legacy series will be Tempest, and it will come out sometime, I imagine, next fall slash winter, probably. Um, I think so. I'm not sure what the schedule is on that. Yeah, it's it's not released yet either. So I'm I'm just gonna go ahead on a bulge and say maybe somewhere around that time. And uh, we'll probably have you back on the show at that time and uh, ask you more about uh, where we're at okay, with those I'm wonderful to it. with those wonderful characters. So thank you very much for being with us. All right, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It's my pleasure. Of course, if you'd like to support my presidentship to the Star Wars fan club, you can do so now before we we leave, because they're having this you know weird contest over at StarWars.com and. They they want some fans to run for president. So if you think I should make a good president, you can just like you know. You, you have to recruit people, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm not aware of that contest, but by all means, Sebastian for president. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I have Troy Denning's approval. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Stay on the line with us for a few moments while we go listen to a different point of view uh, from uh, the the nice folks over at uh, DragonPage.com. And uh, we are also throwing in something very special that comes from our friend over at uh, the uh, planetfandom.com from Marcus. So 
Just keep on listening, and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. What I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? One thing I can't understand is why people seem to have this sick fascination with the father-son bounty hunters, Django and Boba Fett. These two are the biggest couple of jokes I've ever seen, and are nowhere near as cool as everyone seems to think they are. Sure, they had the ominous helmets, wild weaponry, and kick-ass armor, but that's where the cool factor ends, kids. They can do the whole, stand around in docking bays looking imposing, but when push comes to shove, safe money is that somewhere, a fat is eating it, big time. Let's take a look at Dad, shall we? Django Fett is hyped up to have been the galaxy's most feared bounty hunter. Feared by who, exactly? I mean, if he was so infamous across the galaxy, why didn't Obi-Wan Kenobi immediately know who he was? Okay, Obi-Wan was a religious nut, so maybe he wouldn't have known. But what about his pal Dexter? Dexter seemed to have his ear, or whatever the hell he listens with, on the pavement keeping tabs on things. So why didn't he say, why this starts a Camino dart? Jango Fett, the galaxy's most feared bounty hunter, uses these. Why? Because nobody ever heard of this attention whore, no matter how hard he tried. We see him kill how many people exactly? Two. That's it. Only two. And one of those is someone he was working with at the time. And therefore trusted him to a degree. Wow, what a cunning hunter he is. Two lousy kills before he has his shiny armored ass handed to him by Mace Windu. Oh yeah, he also got his ass kicked by Kenobi, so how great can this guy have really been? Then there's his son Boba who is just as much a hype monger as his father was. Once again, carrying around the tag of Galaxy's Most Feared Bounty Hunter, and we never even see this fraud in action. Unless you count the two or three blind shots he took at Skywalker on Bespin. At least his father seems to have a handle on the whole jetpack thing, because the one time we see Fett use it, he zips around like an Isuzu with a Jado unit strapped to it. Let's not forget how this greatest tracker of all creatures, great and small, met his end. He got his ass kicked by a blind man with a stick. And after that, he fell into the galaxy's biggest rectum. Not the most dignified way to go, kids, and certainly not the way a bounty hunter with the Fetch reputation should go. Rumor is that Boba survived and climbed out, but honestly, if I was in Boba's armored boots in the stomach of a Sarlacc, I would blow out my own brains from sheer embarrassment. Let's just hope he had the dignity to do it. I do have to give Boba credit for one thing, though. He was macking on Jabba's dancing girls, looking to get some of that sweet, sweet alien loving. And that, my friends, is always cool. I'm TD0013, and this has been A Different Point of View. Hey, 035 where you say that Twilight Brothel The following has been a presentation of a different point of view. All rights reserved. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of the Empire or its subsidiary systems. www.dragonpage.com
what I told you was true from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? I'm going to make something perfectly clear to you people. I am not a damned clone. I am just a normal guy who loves his galaxy and signed up to join the army to protect my family, my planet, and the universe from the thugs who don't have any appreciation for the order the Emperor has restored to our galaxy. Okay, the Admiral Mahdi GI Bill was enticing too, but I digress. I am not a clone. Do you honestly think the Empire would have an army of a million troopers all as high strung as I am? I mean honestly, if I was the result of cloning, don't you think that maybe, just maybe, I wouldn't gripe as much as I do? I wouldn't, because clone troopers are genetically engineered to be obedient and take whatever orders they're given. And trust me, there have been a couple orders I've not only ignored, but flat out gave the finger to in response. Plus, if I were a clone, do you have any idea how old I'd be by now? In my freaking 70s. Due to the age acceleration programs, the Kaminoans run the clones through in order to get the troops faster. I would be a useless old man by now. Yes, it's true that the original Army of the Republic was made up entirely of clones of Jango Fett, but after that little experiment turned sour, the Empire realized it needed soldiers that think for themselves. They needed men who not only could get the job done, but who understood what that job was and why it needed to be done. They needed men not only of great physical shape, but of excellent mental capacity as well. In short, they needed me. Don't get me wrong, I like the clones. I even knew a couple a few years back. Hell, borrowing money from these guys was easy, especially if you outranked them. They were great soldiers, but boring as hell when it came time for furlough. At least, the standard clone troopers were. The commandos and arcs, them boys had an idea what it was like to party. Not that they ever acted on that idea. But their brains were in the right direction. Of course, they didn't have the will to act on their own. I do. I'm TD0013, and this has been A Different Point of View. The following has been a presentation of A Different Point of View, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of the Empire or its subsidiary systems. www.dragonpage.com author of Tattooing Ghost and the New Jedi Order novel Star by Star. You're listening to Star Wars Undirect. The future. A world ruled by corruption, lawlessness, and fear. The perfect place for mercenaries to do what mercenaries do. But for one mercenary, you know my name? that's about to change. On February 15th, Starnight Interactive presents a podcast unlike any you've ever heard. J. Marcus Xavier's Side.
They said the future would be paradise. They were wrong. Some material may not be suitable for younger listeners. SilentUniverse.com Well, people, thank you very much for still being with us tonight on uh, this February 12, 2006. Thank you, Brian. No problemo. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to put Brian as the producer station next week. You are? He's like, what? No, no, wait, I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay. Better than you. Oh, is that what you think? Yeah, I know. Oh, you know? I know. You know? Okay. Still trading Seb Sebastian for president, I'm happy about it. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> okay. Can I be your lackey? Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like being a lackey. Now, remember what I did to you in the past and just put oh, that to the fuck future. that shit. I don't want to. I'm going <laughs> to be the terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to bum me out of there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're joined tonight with a friend from uh, Farley, far away, fairly far away. And his name is uh, Lord Gamblor, all the way from Dublin, Ireland. How are you doing, James? Good, good. How are you? We're doing great. Of course, uh, we'd be doing better if we had some extra cold Guinness. Well, you know, as I say, always welcome to come over. I just before I start, you know, everyone has to vote for Seb tonight. You know, I, I, I couldn't think of a better president myself. <laughs> well, just join hyperspace yes. and, and and put him as your referral. Well, joining hyperspace—that could be the problem, though. You know, what what do you get out of it? The insider. Yeah. That's true. You know, you get the insider, you get... And you get Sebastian. No, no, well, no, come on. You get you get the insider, you get the blog on StarWars.com, you get all that great information from the Banta Online Edition that is awesome with all the great pictures that you can access from what the fans are doing all over the world, plus all of the Ojo cast, you know, from all the George Lucas presentations from C3, all the WonderCon things are going to be on there. Where did so. you get that idea from? So, you know, it's 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 really, really great, and plus you got access to all those great articles. So I, I really, really tell people... You should. It's it's not it's not a it's not actually an expense. It's an investment into fandom. An investment in your children's future. So you should you <laughs> should you should most definitely join hyperspace, you know, and put me down as your referral. Yeah. Emperor Seb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. That's the way it's, it's looking. It's been a power vacuum since Jabba's gone, and Salacious Crumb needs a new home. So, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just wait until the whole thing is over, and then I'll, re- I'll reveal my Lord title that I got from all the fans here around here. So, who are you going to put in chains? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, you have to get rid of me first. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, Irish people were pretty tough. We have a good reputation around the world. We're, we're pretty tough, and I'd like to see you try. I'm scared now. I'm sure James is well, anyway. Um, I was. I'm actually looking for a bit of help here from from listeners and people who aren't in the live chat. People on podcasts and whatever. You know, a go on the live chat because it's good fun. Uh, but mainly people from Europe, Australia, uh, any other any other places that that listen. Star Wars on direct. I need to know if there's any events coming up for uh, just general information. If there's any uh, gatherings, a fan force, anything like that that's coming up. Because at, at, at this dark time, you know, between television series and new books and everything, 
there needs to be information put out, out there for other fans so, so the fandom doesn't die. And uh, I was I was looking for some some help and on you know general local knowledge uh, from people. So if anyone could either leave me a post on the message board or if you ask me, I'll give you the MSN that I use, which Sebastian knows I'm on most of the time because uh, I've I've a really bad sleeping problem. Yes. Although I live in Ireland, I live in American time, so I I you know, sleep during the day and wake up during the night. So so if any uh, anyone who's out there can help you know just leave a message that's right because uh, starting next week officially James is going to be our uh, fan force com uh, our, our community update overseas well we'll have to work on the title but uh, so, something along that foreign correspondent maybe so he's, he's going to be talking to us from uh, from all the way Dublin Ireland and he's going to tell us like all about the conventions that are coming up and uh, such as uh, Empire Day uh, that is two twenty four. Let me just tell you that that's real determination. Yeah. So. And I've been drinking all weekend. I'll put that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you, you'll like this. I was I was in a, I was in a Paris bar last night about three o'clock in the morning, and I got charged um, nine euro sixty for a pint of um, of stout, like a Guinness. So that's how many dollars? Maybe about fifteen dollars Canadian. Oh my God! That's oh. was it good? Approximately. It was muck. Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. It's <laughs> horrible. Well, when you, Paris, when you Paris go to Paris. so expensive. Yeah. For drink and for food, it's, oh my God, you cannot eat any better, you know? Yeah, but that's it. It's like, over there in Paris, you're going to get wine for the price of a, of a two-liter Pepsi. Yeah. But if you try to get, like, Pepsi, you're going to pay the price. You basically pay, pay for a bottle of wine here. And it was uh, like a dollar for, for a stout. It's like fifteen bucks Canadian. I remember like paying a euro twenty-five for a Coke, like yeah. a can of Coke, and and they're smaller there than they are here. Yeah, they're three hundred millimeters, so it's it, it was ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but at least the women, you know, that will bring you the Coke are extremely attractive. It, there is that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, James, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Thank you for having me on. And yeah. if, if anyone again, yep. leave me a message on uh, on the message board or uh, ask me for a, for a MSN address. Yeah. Well, we'll work something out and we'll get you your own uh, Star Wars on Direct address so people can send you all the information they want over there. That's and, great. Uh, we'll make sure that you know the word gets out. So thank you very much for taking on that job, James. Oh no problem, no, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the future. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, yeah, that was James all the way from Ireland, and uh, just prior to that, what you heard was the uh, Silent Universe trailer of the Mercenaries in the Future and such and such and such by Marcus from uh, Plant Fandom, and he's also the one who was behind the uh, Trek Wars, the Furry Conflict. So, if it's of any interest to you, and I do believe it is because it sounds amazing as a series, you should definitely go check out SilentUniverse.com. And have fun over there. So, you guys are happy about uh, that show? Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Valentine's Day is coming. It's on Tuesday. Do you have any big plans for Valentine's Day? Be very alone. I think... Dreaming of your Twi'lek? I think I'm going to go pick up a few Guinness. <laughs> 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 and then I'll come back home and I'll dream of my Twi'leks. <laughs> Twilex. <laughs> He's got two now. 
You they come in pair. <laughs> I love the lekus. I want them to surround me. They're All kind of phallic, me. you know that? So? You got a problem against my gayness? I mean, he liked, wasn't he going out with, what was it, sly noodles the other day? <laughs> you wanted her to wrap her mouth around you, kiss you on the other cheek? <laughs> You're a creepy bastard, you know that. <laughs> I know, Brian. And I love you still. <laughs> Damn Skippy. <laughs> All right. Well, the next show will be on Sunday, February 19th, 2006. So far, uh, we want to say that uh, we should be talking about some FX Sabres standees. Should be. And uh, we still have to do a little bit of confirmation on that, but you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll know by the... By, by midweek. By midweek. Thank you, Brian. And... Um, of course, if you have any comments about this show or that you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects, especially please. the 100th show, which is coming up very soon. Yeah, well, midsummer ish thingy. Yeah, yeah it's freaking scary, man. I know. I'm just thinking back. It was like, what? Wow, it's, it hasn't been that long. It's, it's been a long time. Like, imagine last year, we were talk- still talking hyperspace news, and that came so quickly. I still remember popping the 50th show. Uh, the, 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 the cork out of the champagne bottle at Danny's place and almost killing his light. That was funny. Yeah, but it popped time. out. It actually popped out, you know, during the break, which was sad. But we'll try and make it pop during the show and not kill the light and everything will be fine. Um, I was at sending email because we do receive email and you can send them to studio at swndirect.com or you can leave us a message uh, on our blog over at starwars.com or new message boards. Uh, to become a partner or a sponsor, you can send an email to info at swendirect.com. Of course, if you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. Add our URL to your message board signatures, etc., etc., etc. And of course, if you have a starwars.com blog, you can talk about us over there and talk about the great interview we just had with Troy Denning and invite people to come over. If you don't, I highly suggest you join Hyperspace starting next week, putting me down as your referee. <laughs> How's the campaign going so far, Brian? Horribly. <laughs> okay, we're going to need to coordinate something. Yes, we are. Okay, you're going to be put in charge of that. Campaign manager. Campaign Slut. manager. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I want those little, those little buttons that says Seb for President. We need to do something about that. Why don't uh, you just write whore on me? And I, and I, and we're going to put them all over Fanforce, you know? It's like Seb for President. That'd be f- don't Keep think talking, Fat Man. Okay, so we'd like to take a second to take our, take our sponsor, uh, FederationToys.com, SitClan.net, Simple-Net.ca, who are allowing us to broadcast this great show to you every week. Sci-Fi Podcast Network, which can be found at TSFPN.com. Of course, there's all of our partners in the bloodonline.com. Star Wars Aficionados, the best fans in the UK. PlanetFandom.com, hail to the fanboys and girls, which is also the place where you can find FurryConflict.com, Trek Wars, the Free Conflict Ultra Drama, and I'm sure you're going to find a link to SilentUniverse.com over there as well. AnakinAndHisAngel.com, Nerf-Urder-Anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors. Millennium Falcon, of course, Galactic Hunter, who are still keeping collectors on target. T-Bone Star Wars Universe, the Galactic Senate message boards, and of course StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio, which is available at StarWarsWithAZ.com. All of these links to these great force, great folks are available through our website at www.swendirect.com. 
Uh, I got Danny. Okay, that's good. I, I and ju- uh, just to remind everyone to go vote for us on Podcast Alley, like all the time. That's right. And also to go add yourself to the Frapper because we love to know where our listeners are at. We have lots of listeners. We want to have like we want to break Frapper. Break I want to break Frapper because it's still in beta, and I think we should break Frapper with the amount of listeners. But seriously, I want to see balloons everywhere. I don't want to see the, I the see world you know map I'd anymore. I'd like to see one. I'd, I'd like to see one in Africa. Balloons. Like to see one in Africa. Don't care where. Like to see one in Africa. That'd be nice. North, south. I don't care. It, you're right. Madagascar, even that's good for me. Wherever in Africa. Yeah. India would be cool too. Maybe one in China. I don't know if we could break the s- the censors because Google is all censoring shit now. You, you know what? I want. I want to go to Japan. I want you a want fan one in, in Japan? Japan because I highly respect Japanese people. I want a fan in Japan. <laughs> so okay, uh, I want to mention the fact uh, that uh, we were at well that I was last uh, Tuesday at uh, l'émission de Patrice on uh, the French CBC, and uh, the show should here sometime around March sixteenth. And when that happens, we'll come back on more details onto it. But it was actually great, and uh, it was the first interview I ever did in costume, and I'm really happy because... Which costume did you wear? The Jedi costume, with, with a robe, and it was very classy, and Danny was proud of me, so that should, you know, <laughs> reassure everybody. <laughs> and uh, I'm really happy because these guys uh, were really respectful of us, and they didn't make fun of of any of us, and it was great. And uh, there are two more things I want to mention. First one is that the Star Wars Galaxies box has fine prints, fine prints on it that says, you know, when you buy this game, you're going to have to pay for server time in, in uh, online and such blah, blah, and such blah, blah, and blah. such. Well, here in Quebec... That's illegal? That's illegal. It's actually been, like, it, it was on the, the, the French CBC at uh, La Facture, which is something uh. for consumers, prote- consumers' protection. And the the guy says he's a big Star Wars fan, buys this game for his kids to play with, realizes that he's got to pay monthly server server bills on top of the 69-something that he already has. And he's pissed, and he just returned it, and he said, uh, I want to re- be reimbursed, but they said no, and because it's actually written on the box, which is within law's perimeters. Yeah. But at the uh, Consumers Protection Agency here in Quebec, they said it's way too small and it's only in English, so it, it's not good. Or it's I think I think there's like So this game is all bad, okay? Everyone agrees. I think everywhere there's like actually Galaxy a sticker that bad. that's in French as well, but it's like in the same limitation, so it's it's just really bad. And uh, so, yeah, apparently that particular aspect of that game on Bad Bucks is illegal here in Quebec. Cool. So if you're a Quebec fan who has had Star Wars Galaxies for less than 30 days, you can probably take it back. (laughs) But you know what? Star Wars Galaxies is another great way to get yourself out there on the great servers of Sony Online Entertainment. And it's another way to develop the community of Star Wars fans. True. But if you ask me, it should also be included into, you know, the great the great membership kit of Star Wars Fan Club. You're free. If I was elected president, that's what I would move for. Special. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for the last thing, I want to thank everyone, every one of you who actually uh, voted for us in the Final Audio Awards for uh, the best C3 co- coverage. 
Yes, thank you. Thank you very, very much for all of you. Uh, you can actually go listen to the Fan Audio Awards by going to uh, StarWarsFanWorks.com and following the links over there. Uh, you can go to the Star Wars and Beyond show uh, because it's been released now and you can download it and make they just check out everybody who's been winning things. And Brian says we got a fan in... Uh, Danny says we got a fan in, in Algeria. Cool. Awesome. So that's great. All right. Well, on this note, we're going to take the show to the end, and I'm going to say see you next week on... Well, no. Talk to you next week on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. to visit www.swanzerek.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.